Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Wow. So I'm in studio, intern Ben as always, and uh, Nick is the world traveler. He's like, actually evidence too. Let's just go straight three up right now. (laughs) Okay. So both of these guys are all over the place. Nick's like literally driving Paul's RV from Michigan to Virginia, but he was in Massachusetts right before that. So Nick, welcome to the show, episode 127. Um, A new place, a new time, a new journey. Yeah, it's good to be here. I, uh, after a lot of travel and things, miscellaneous things, just disappearing in areas where I can't remember to find them, case in point, my headphones tonight, so... (laughs) I'm rolling on a little bit quieter volume, so if I interrupt someone or if I don't hear what someone said, I might be asking, oh, what was that again a lot tonight? But anyways, we're going to get through it. We're going to have an awesome show. Jam-packed show. I would say there's no excuse, but everyone knows that that's not true. Matt Matt can do better always, too. So, uh, Evan, you were just out at LVC. We're not quite to the update stage yet of talking it, but like you did a red eye last night. Is that true? Or today? Yeah, I, I- <laughs> Well, yeah, yesterday slash today, (laughs) left Vegas last night, uh, running on very little sleep. So I'm going to bounce a little bit earlier after we do the early recap and uh, get some early, much needed rest. Man, I'm I'm the oldest one here at 38, and I probably am a wimp, but man, late night. So one of my kids is feeling kind of sick last night, and he's up all night trying to get in bed with us. And just like, it is a long night. You wake up, you're like, Oh, this used to be fun staying up all night. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so, but real quick, that just reminds me. Shout out to my oldest son, Hunter Graham, turned 13 years old yesterday. I have a teenager now, everybody. It's crazy, but I do. And I want to say this. Not only happy birthday, but in a very real serious way, I believe had he never been born, this show wouldn't exist. That's not because I wouldn't have been in disc golf, but I don't think I would have been into it the same way. So shout out to Hunter. Good inspiration for me. And today, my youngest had a birthday. So happy birthday to him, four years old. So there you go. That's my updates. Um, Let's get right into it. Let's talk about it. Uh, Does anybody remember who I... (laughs) We're just going to go. I mean, when I'm right, I'm going to ask. But who did you you pick, Evan? Did you say Katrina? Katrina? I believe I said Katrina Allen for FPO, but mm-hmm. I said Joel Freeman for MPO, who was who was looking good for a while, but uh, I think he finished around thirtieth. Okay, and Nick, did around you say that, around did age. you say Katrina as well, Nick? Yep, pretty sure I said Katrina for FPO, but I said Paul for MPO. Okay, and Ben, did you say Katrina? No, you went out on a limb. I, I think. did say cat merch. I, I said cat merch. <laughs> I said cat. <laughs> So, Goodness. and by the way, that was a good dark horse pick. Or as in the Nick and Matt show, if you go way back in our ar- archives, it's the the wild horse. That was a good pick. Mm-hmm. But Katrina took it down. And I don't think it was that hard of a pick. That's not to say she was a shoe in. Uh, shoe. We'll talk about paid shoe as well. It's not to say that she was a shoe in to, to win it, but she did it before last year. And I just feel like with Paige not being there, Valerie Mandahano, I'm not saying the, the field's much deeper now than it ever was, but it kind of felt like this is Cats to win. She's done it before. She, she's, she seems like she's been working on things. It was hers to win. She took it down. Now, MPO, mind-blowing. You guys just gave me your MPO picks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, 
I went out on a limb. I just felt something deep in my bones, and I picked Calvin Heimberg to win. And everyone knows the history of this show. I pick him as the favorite to not win, the most, the best player ever to not get the wins. I picked him. I said, it's a new season. Let's do it. Somehow, some way, in my living room with my family, we were chanting Calvin on hole 18. Come on. <laughs> Calvin. I mean, I was trying to record it for the show, but it happened. Um, always been a fan, but he took it down. Those are the winners. But Evan, give us the stat recap of what you guys at Stat Mando came up with or just whatever you want to talk about, actually. You guys are the professionals. Take it away. Yeah, let's let's start with Kat. Uh, she, she won uh, her fifth LVC win. Uh, from all tiers and uh, uh, levels of LVC in the past. It's been an A tier before. It's obviously a disco pro tour event. It's been a national tour before. Uh, fifth win that ties her for the most uh, FP FPO LVC wins along with Juliana Corver. Her 39th standard and elite major win. Uh, pushing up that high leaderboard um i think also notably missy gannon holland hanley pick up podiums it was holland hanley's second podium of her career and i believe it was gannon's 10th um there was a new name in the top 10 some of that people might not have heard uh, heard about before i think ben knows her well but caroline henderson uh, out of texas she joined mm. the pdga in 2021 this was our first ever disc golf pro tour elite event she played a silver series last year uh, now a silver event of course um the naming that is uh First ever elite event, she cashes $1,025. That is the most cash uh, anyone in FPOs ever earned to start their elite career in the elite series era. That is incredible. That is incredible. Um, Thank that, you for that. Two levels. One, uh, finishing that high, but then two, of course, uh, payouts getting higher and higher. Cool to see on both fronts. She can smash like crazy. I think she's still working on maybe like that upshot Woods game, so we'll see how it uh, goes to Waco, but she can throw far uh i was i was watching her with holland hanley wasn't quite as far as holland hanley but she was uh she was contending uh really cool to see um another name or should i say a new name uh that i think played pretty well was kona star montgomery who? Uh, notably who? <laughs> taking on the montgomery name that is kona panis of pash she got married late last year as we covered to colton montgomery on the interjection NCAA. real quick like uh avery uh not avery jenkins um valerie jenkins prefers to go by that for her athlete name if you will i wonder if there will be a time and a place but she doesn't have a lot of legacy to her so i i don't think she will i think she'll keep montgomery and and that's well, obviously for each person to decide yeah, and funny enough, she tied for 15th with Macy Veladiaz, who changed her name when she got married. Yes. We were just talking about Paige Chu as well. Uh, but, uh, hey, uh, sorry, I'm all turned around now trying yep, to remember her name. Kona Montgomery uh, with a very good finish. I mean, notably, this was her first event after signing the big DD contract and missed the cut. And I think that was really tough, but she came back strong with a really good finish. Uh, but then, notably, missing the cut was Evelina Salonen for the first time in her career, only the second time she has missed cash since 2015. Mm. Um, and that was at Texas States, which um, will hit the Texas swing soon. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, any, anything I missed out on FPO before hitting MPO? Well, no, there's two things, though, and interjections are real. Um, first of all, shout out. Thank you for the super chat. We don't always do that, but someone actually super chatted 20 bucks for my beard product. They said <laughs> the, that thing is so juicy and lush. I know it's hard to maintain. Cheers, guys. Love the show. Thank you, Disc Golf. That's literally the username, <laughs> Disc Golf. So thank you. And then the other thing is interjection. Stat Mando is the official data analysis partner of the disc golf pro tour congrats on that evan you and you your team over there doing killer things 
I saw that. I just wanted to shout that out. Thank you for being a partner with the Nick and Matt show as well. It's a real cool thing we're building here, but you guys are doing amazing things. Happy to see that for you. So no, that's all I had. Takeaway MPL. All right. As you said, Calvin Heimberg takes it down in a dramatic finish on 18 over Kevin Jones and over other players, of course, but him and Kevin Jones were the ones battling at the end. Uh, this is Calvin Heimberg's eighth elite or major win. Uh, that is now tied for eighth best in MPO history. He's climbing up real quick, uh, tied with Nicola Castro, both having eight. Mm. Um, this is his 50th MPO PDGA win. That's all tiers uh, in MPO specifically. So a cool milestone that he just hit right there. And it's his largest final round comeback uh, to win an elite event. Um, I think his previous best was two. And this was a three stroke comeback for him uh, over the leader, Kevin Jones. And we'll get to Kevin Jones. He fin ended up finishing tied for second. He he almost threw that in. That was oh close. My goodness, he said that would have been incredible. He said he go channeled. Ahead, ahead. He was like channeling. He, I think he said something like, "I don't know if he said no." He didn't say my inner Conrad. But after in the interview, he said something about like trying to do my Conrad prep or something like really focusing in on think, like a chain something. Nick, right? Because I think they were asking him about throwing it in on the final hole. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why he was talking about channeling his inner Conrad. Yeah. Well, he almost yeah, did. Yeah. He hit been, the band. Would have been a very, uh, I guess, similar situation. Small, of course, smaller, but similar. Yeah. Um, but. 18 was getting a lot of players, even on the layup play. I couldn't quite tell what Kevin was going for, if he was going for a layup or trying to get into that little bit further point. Uh, but unfortunately, went OB on his tee shot, which opened the door for Calvin Heiberg to then uh, play it really well and get the victory. I, I think the whole entire chase card also went OB on that shot. So the wind was picking up towards the end of the final round. Definitely got a lot of people, and I think it was probably a different wind pattern than they were expecting. Something was off because there's just a lot of sliding OB uh, and... From, Kevin got hit, but he still finishes tied for second. Yeah, so, from my uh, perspective, and maybe go three up, because I feel like Nick's been sitting in the, the dark for a while. <laughs> but from my perspective, I was watching it live, and so it's different, right? When you're not there, you're not able to see all the shots. If everyone can visualize LVC hole 18 at Wild Horse, they're throwing their layup shots on a hyzer. Now, normally that's pretty good, but it does taper off towards the, the lake pond or whatever you want to call it. But what was happening is they were even ending up short of that taper towards the water. But the wind was coming pretty hard off the water. It seemed to be right to left, maybe a little heady. And so when their disc would skip up in that hyzer motion, it was lifting the front of their disc up. So now it's landing on edge when it comes down. And that edge is just rolling towards the water. So they were getting yeah. an unexpected like flare up. In, in combined fast greens that yeah. you're throwing onto that are going to yeah. make it skip with the winds when you're trying to have it come to rest on a right. green when you have high winds winds it's going to move it more so really tough to play that hole but makes very very exciting finishes that's now uh back-to-back -back years on the mpo side we've had an incredible finish fbo had an incredible finish on that last year uh katrina had it kind of locked up going to 18 although it was pretty interesting in the final round uh with her lead uh, slimming down a little bit but the continue continue on for mpo uh kevin jones i think did surprise people playing super well and uh, although he didn't get the win uh still showed a good performance but this is the sixth time at an elite or major event that he has had the lead either tied or outright going into the final round and not picked up the victory uh he has been oh so close so many times and i it, it felt like this one was going to go his way but just as much as calvin heimberg played really well to close the door um anthony barella also i'm not trying to be a downer on back-to-back -back stats but <laughs> i believe this is uh the eighth oh my goodness i just had it up this was his 
eighth final uh yeah eighth final round lead card appearance and from those eight he's only had one podium he missed podium again um i think he had the notable uh hit off the rangefinder person to go hazard wasn't quite his uh top top notch self in that final round and uh mm. dropped a little bit but new discs i'm going to go down there with new, three new discs though too i mean that's something to talk about new discs first big event like this good job and and speaking of new discs someone else who had a tough final round was simon lazat he made the cut um but there was because there was a tie going into the uh for the last uh cut cash spot it means that in the final round there could be someone who made the cut but missed cash uh simon lazat got really close to dropping really far and missing cash he did get final cash position cash position um but he shot oh, i don't have the exact score i think it was a three over with eight bogeys uh that is more bogeys or, or worse um than all of last year for him uh really unfortunate to see and i don't know if uh just that last round just got to him. It felt like a little bit. He still gets cash. Uh, he had some incredible other good rounds, but uh, dropped off right there. But someone else who didn't miss cash was Nate Sexton. He continues on his cash streak for 114 straight elite or major events. Absolutely phenomenal. He was in danger of losing it a little bit. He was in that solo last uh, cut spot that was missing cash <laughs> for a little bit, but clawed his way back. Um, and then Bradley Williams had a... a a tough little stretch too and he ended up finishing in the no cash spot okay uh last one is gannon burr um Who? he finished gannon burr <laughs> gannon finished burr. time for 30th i'm sure we'll talk <laughs> oh that's right i'm sure we'll talk about uh his bag and everything else going on uh but he finished tied for 30th that's his lowest finish since 2021 all of last year he finished inside the top 25 uh still finishing in the top 30 i think a respectable finish um but I think that's notable that he all of last year he didn't finish this low, which is still pretty good. Uh, and here he is, first event of the year, getting yeah. tied for thirtieth. Well, there's other things going on. Tough conditions being part of it. He came out actually shooting pretty good, only a couple strokes back. Um, but yeah, we'll, maybe we'll get to talk about it. We got a jam packed show. Are, is that your MPO recap? Yeah, I mean, I could probably talk for a while yeah. more. No, you can. Uh, that's but, fine. I want to involve. Uh, well, I, I want to bring up another I'll, topic. I'll, I'll say one one last one is Nico Castro and his first event back. Gets a tie for 17th finish. Looked really good. Um, getting a top 20 finish uh, after being suspended for mm. uh, six or nine. I forget what the exact. I think it was six months total, but or maybe nine months. It I must forget. have felt good coming back into this, in, uh, not into the sport, but into competition. Um, Nick, mm -hmm. so Ricky's not there. Paige isn't there. Kristen's not there. Um, I have an opinion on what this means for the sport when they don't show up to an event, but like, what's your perspective? Did you miss them? Yeah, in a sense. I mean, obviously with Ricky being the number one player in the world right now, you want to see that at every single event. And then same thing with Kristen Tatar being the number one FPO player in the world right now, you want to see them at the events and really competing against everyone else. Now, just because they're the number one player, doesn't mean they're going to go into an event and win it. But I think with the consistency that we saw at Kristen Tatar last year, um i think she would have played great in vegas i actually don't know if have we ever seen her play the vegas tournament i'm not really sure but um last i think with katrina's knowledge of the course last year that last podium. round she did not play incredible but she did what she needed to do to get the job done which was great and then same thing with ricky he's had some great finishes up at vegas um but 
due to some small injuries and things going on in his life, he wasn't able to make it, but still obviously would be great to see them. And, you know, it attracts outside sponsors when you have two of the best players at your events and, you know, viewership wise and everything like that with the disc golf network, having the best players in the world at the event as well. Yeah. And so I agree. I mean, like I miss them in the sense of the more the merrier. And I think the competition is even a higher level, but man, the FPO division is stacked to the point where like Haley's there. Um, Alexis got to show up and show off. Um, Holland Handley, Ella Hansen. These are names that like two years ago, like maybe you were hearing about them, but not the same way. And I don't think yeah. we're just hearing about them because Kristen's not there um, and Paige Pierce isn't there. I think like the field is so much deeper now. We've got, we've come a long way, but let's go to this name, Nick. Paige Shoe. I know I made a, a pick that said by the end of the year, she she could very easily be, and I, I think she could, like, I, I didn't say she will. I said, I think it wouldn't be a hot take to pick top five her, for her by the end of the year. Am I way off, Nick, after this event? What do you think? Um, Vegas weather conditions weren't incredible. Um, she's a smaller stature player. Doesn't throw nearly as far as the players like the Holland Hanleys, the Ella Hansons and players like that. Um, she's got good form. She's a good putter. I think she's really trying to get back in the swing of things. Now top five, I think is a little bit hard to reach right now just with how good a lot of players are currently at the moment, but someone who can make the disc golf pro tour finale. I think she's definitely, I don't want to say, She's no matter what going to make it, but I think she definitely has a chance to breach that top 16 or top 20 to top 24 by the end of the season. So the chat, and I want Evan's opinion on this too. Anyone can chime. We're just a talk show. You can cut me off whenever you want, but the chat is like, you're way off. And I know people this week were you're way off. I think Evan's like top five, huh guys? <laughs> like, here's the thing. Paige Shue missed the cut. This was her first event, event back in years three, four, five years and not first event. I should be clear. First, like elite series, but you know what? Evelina Salonen, who we would say wouldn't be that hard for her to be in top five, missed the cut altogether as well. Uh, and I'm just saying, it, I think we have to see a few events before we can make a real judgment call here. Although maybe my take was a little hot. Evan, what are your thoughts on Paige? Uh, I, I agree with your point on Evelina Salon missed the cut. I mean, Cat Merch missed the cut as well. Uh, oh. But I mean, shout out to Ben's pick. Uh, <laughs> but their Cat Merch is really pushing for that top five mm -hmm. position as well. I think we would consider both her and Evelina Salon in top ten players uh, for sure. Uh, so Paige Shu is in that category uh, of potential as well. Mm. So I, I I don't want to put too much stock in this first Vegas no. event. I think it's we'll see how the trend continues. If she's hitting outside thirty for the first five events on year, then yeah, your take probably has a, has a little bit of worry to it. Um, but she could easily start hitting the Texas swing and pick up some top tens, be really in contention for the lead. I mean, uh, we also don't know exactly how many she's playing, switching off with her husband, Grady, since they're, uh, both new, uh, parents, uh, to a daughter. So, um, her schedule will be maybe a little, I don't want to say sporadic, but, um, to the fan, it might seem that way. Mm -hmm. Well, live disc golf is back um and there's going to be so much of it it's funny i'll just read this one uh quote that i had found on the internet um 
I thought I had it just lined up here. Now I lost it. Um, DGM. Oh, here's what I wrote. New subscribers. Dude, thank you to the fact that the Disc Golf Network said, now you have to pay to see anything substantial beyond round one. And new subscribers, quote, wow. Back in my day, we used to watch cameras running down the fairways. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, both, that's number one, you know, shout out to where we are at, but also, where have you been, man? <laughs> like, we haven't been running down fairways for a few years with a camera in hand. So it's it's both cool, in my, my opinion, to see players or people, fans, that used to watch now finally giving it a chance, saying, I will watch live. We've come a long way. Um, there's more to talk about with the whole package of Disc Golf Network and live, um, but we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, in fact, we have a new segment lined up, um, which we haven't quite given it a name yet. But everybody, welcome to the show. Someone you may be familiar with. Some of you are, I'm sure. My brother, Josh Graham. Welcome to the show, Josh. Well, hello. So, How's it going? going Nick, Matt, Evan. <laughs> Ben yeah, behind the scenes. Hello. Good to see you. So Evan's going to sit tight through this segment. And then after, if he doesn't have anything he wants to say, he's going to bail. But we know that Josh brings formulated opinions and, and pretty clear thoughts. If you've watched him on league night, you know that if you've seen him a few times, he's come on our show. I know you've shouted that out to us. We brought him back. In fact, we're going to try to make this somewhat of a regularly reoccurring segment as often as Josh wants to. That's really what it comes down to. But we feel like it's a huge contribution to our show. Uh, Josh is going to go ahead and take it away. It's going to be this idea. You can tee it up if you want, but it's a segment based off of Josh's opinion on something that happened at these elite events. So Josh, go ahead and take it away, and uh, we'll sit back and listen. Yeah, so I'm just going to jump right into this one, and you'll kind of figure out like, you know, how this may go down uh, in the future, I suppose. All right, so I love sports disc golf being a sport as the quote says right the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat in both team sports and individual sports we like to see the peak of human or you know what human performance can accomplish we want to be able to debate who is really the best of the best and so we strive to reduce unnecessary external variables right in an attempt to do what we call it leveling the playing field which is an off-used idiom that actually literally comes from the realm of sports. The key words here are unnecessary external variables. So for example, we expect all basketball hoops to be 10 feet high, baseballs to weigh five ounces, a hockey net to be 72 inches wide, and what? A disc to be no greater than 30 centimeters. And how about beyond the equipment itself? We also expect things like media teams do not interfere with results. Fans have assigned seating so they don't simply roam on a field or a court. This all makes sense to us, of course. But we should also acknowledge that we do embrace a range of variability, right? A classic example being Major League Baseball field outfields, right? And their related ballpark attributes. And beyond that, most team sports actually promote variability by trying to have, for example, the loudest uh, and maybe even the rowdiest fans, encouraging them to be what, the 12th man or to kind of, you know, create a lot of movement behind a transparent backboard. And lest we think this is only true in team sports, for individual sports, most players at certain points can show up at certain venues and be a hometown favorite, an advantage that some of their peers may not have. And suffice it to say, all this comes with the territory of humans in sports, and that's because humans themselves are the variable. Sometimes the competitor had a bad night of sleep, or sometimes the hometown crowd's energy just isn't there. 
And we accept that all comes with the territory. Now, disc golf. We also allow variability within reason, like discs, for example. Sure, there are guidelines and parameters, but there's quite a bit of variability. We encourage variability in course design. We acknowledge weather can play a significant role. And the players themselves, some are literally able to fly in and play an event and others are driving 30 hours and sleeping in their car. And the list goes on. And we pretty much accept all these things. It's just part of the game. But the question comes down to is what about the unnecessary external variables? What is the line of what we deem is acceptable? And I see plenty of debates here. How about is it okay for someone to leave an umbrella inbounds on a course? Or how about fans cheering loudly for their favorite player or eight holes at Maple Hill? Is it okay for a cameraman to stand in the line of sight for a player or maybe allow a disc to bounce off their monopod? What about a spectator leaving a water bottle on the ground, but out of bounds, but right where a disc happens to fly? Or I hear debate, what about media teams who follow only certain groups and not others, or large fan galleries that only follow certain groups and not others? Or lastly, what about tea time variability and the impact that weather has to play? Or how about someone holding a range finder for a broadcast purposes, having a flying disc bounce off of them into a bunker? Now, I'm curious how the players answer this, but the truth is there's going to be a wide range of opinions. And so to wrap this specifically related to the whole 10 mishap with Anthony Barella's drive yesterday, here's my opinion. Look, that person was not a random fan. That person appeared to be doing what they should be doing, which was standing behind the cameraman with a rangefinder. They're doing that because it adds value to the broadcast that we're consuming. And although they were standing in the area of play, they were not standing in the most likely place for that disc to land. He did see the disc coming and attempted to dodge the disc. Now, unsuccessfully, it seems, ending in the bunker, uh, the disc and himself, unfortunately. And so to me, that occurrence yesterday, although unfortunate, falls within the parameter, in my opinion, of being that's an acceptable external variable. Simply put, having an event staff member be in an optimal position to do their job is part of the sport that we love, especially if we want to consume it in media. Now, of course, each time something like this happens, we should evaluate, try to find a way to minimize the outcome as much as possible. But we should also realize this type of variability, this type of outcome, quite simply, is just part of the game we love. So Nick, Matt, Maybe Evan, Ben, what say you? Are you okay with how that went down yesterday? So Matt's a black screen. Oh, I am, Matt. Well, just interesting. Well, can you hear? Uh -oh. You can hear me though. Okay. Oh yeah, you yeah, sound. We can great. hear you. Yeah, this is better. Ever <laughs> this is better. No, the better way would be seeing me, not hearing me. But <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting. The chat's going. Um, they're very split right now. Uh, Evan or Nick, go ahead and take it away while I figure out my camera. Go ahead, Evan, if you want. And then, uh, if you're jumping off after. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I pretty much, I agree with Josh. I think there's things that we can do better. I think there's, it's, it's not a, um, these will always happen, but it's a, Hey, let's try our best. And if it does happen, um, that's just how the sport goes. I mean, there's the almost hitting the, the geese and, and comparing it to a Randy Johnson in baseball. That was just, some things just happen. Uh, and it's unfortunate and it is what it is. Um, but I think we can do better. I think there's 
um, a lot of places where we can push people off of OB even more. I mean, the car passes LVC are a great setup. So getting people on those as much as possible, but with cameramen and volunteers out with uh, rangefinders, they're trying their best. They're not trying to be in the way, as Josh was saying. So when they do, uh, unfortunately get hit on a rare occasion, um, it's just, Hey, let's do better. Let's think about it a little bit more. Uh, it, I, I don't want to scold them. I, I'm not trying to say, Hey, it's their fault. Um, but as long as they're actively thinking, Hey, this is a good spot and maybe trying to be a little bit more, uh, thinking it in their head, which they might've been already. I don't want to judge. Um, I think that'd be good, but I, do agree that hey it is what it is sometimes we have to work with what we got and as long as people are trying their best uh we really can't get too upset all right yeah i think realistically it has a big kind of it is what it is sense to it um that was worst case scenario when ab hit the rangefinder uh the guy doing the rangefinder and then having it roll into the hazard was absolute worst case scenario for that situation um i can take a look at it and say why are they in front of the bunker and not behind the bunker i'm pretty sure actually for the next tee shot they had ended up moving behind the bunker um it might have been eagle going right after ab on that hole and so that's kind of one of those things like why are we standing in front of it when you know i think it would have been the better idea to stand behind it but it's another thing where it is what it is we have spectators all over courses now we are trying to grow disc golf in the professional scene more cameras are going to be out there more volunteers are going to be helping out I think this is something that hopefully does not happen very often, but it is one of those things that is going to happen. There are plenty of times in every other sport where umpires get in the way, referees get in the way of throwing footballs or basketball players tripping over them, NHL, whatever it is. Um, These things do happen. And just figuring out from this mistake of, okay, how can we do better at the next one? Yeah, uh, I've been talking a lot. I'm actually going to say, I think I saw my brother-in-law once hit a goose with a golf ball it's like it's part of whatever game you play in that sense in that way too but i don't know josh have you run any of the chats while we were talking well so as i said at the (laughs) end we can always reevaluate and do better that should be it but in this particular case it's like i've seen some people be like oh he was robbed or that and i'm like no he wasn't robbed in reality i could make a case to say when he teed off he saw they were standing there so he shouldn't have thrown the disc there like you could also make that argument. Not everybody would agree. You can also say, well, it's not fair because all the other cards doesn't have to uh, have that media and doesn't have to have the range finders and cameramen standing around. And I say, yeah, but if you want to be on the lead cards, guess what comes with the territory? That is part of our game. Like players who play in the Super Bowl in the NFL, the pressure is a lot higher. You know why? Because they made it to that level. So uh, to me, of course, like in reality, do I wish we would think more creatively how to avoid that? Yes, but I'm almost like we're pretty close to avoiding all the unnecessary items. And to some extent, that's part of sports. Like yeah. I, I said right at the beginning, the agony of defeat. And sometimes it comes about in ways that you don't like, but it's part of the story. Yeah, there's so much more we could talk about it. And usually on the Nick and Matt show, we talk two hours about this yeah. topic. But uh, we want to say thank you for bringing that segment. We'll bring more of it like this uh, for sure. As you come up with stuff, you bring it to the show. We love it. Um, But we got a schedule to keep. So thanks for your time. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Peace out, Josh. Thank you for that. Um, So Evan, you had the red eye technically yesterday and today. (laughs) You're tired. Uh, You're going to get out of the show now. So we're going to say peace out to you officially. So Peace out to you. Yeah, enjoy the jam packed show. I won't even be missed because (laughs) uh, we got some good stuff lined up. So uh, enjoy everyone. All right.
Peace out, Evan. All right. Now there were two (laughs) just like that. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. We have lined up. The schedule is running amazingly. In our green room, we've got Calvin Heimberg in the green room. I think we should bring him in, everybody. Welcome to the show, Calvin. Uh, Winner of the 2023 Las Vegas Challenge. Uh, Congratulations, man. Thank you. Um, So... There's a lot of things that happened in that round that were really impressive. Um, besides the fact that you won, that's impressive. <laughs> what stands out as your favorite moment of the whole tournament for you? Besides, besides the, like I said, the tap out for the trophy. Like, does anything stand out? You're like, that's it. Um, I would probably have to say, you know, the second shot on, on 16 is probably like standout moment. Um, I mean, at that point, there's not a whole lot of places to make up strokes. So um, it was kind of a do or die moment for me. 17 in that headwind's going to be a pretty tough kit. And then 18, I would rather not have to try to make up the stroke. Um, I would rather be pushing for the win at that point. But um, yeah, probably that. But I mean, that entire round, I did some some really good things and really bad things. Uh, early in the round, I was making all kinds of circle two putts to keep myself in it. And then um, unfortunately, I had that one double bogey. But uh yeah, as a whole, I'd probably say like how I how I threw the disc at the very end of the round was was probably the highlight. Super clutch. Uh, this interview is not about me, but I know the last time we had you on, I mentioned how I always pick you to not win and the most the mm-hmm. best player ever in the world to not have the win. And I'm proud to say the new year, new me. I picked you to win <laughs> this event. My whole family on hole 18, before, when you were through your drive, was chanting Calvin in my living room. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Uh, tell us about what went through your mind when the disc released from your hand on hole 18's tee pad. Final round. Um, honestly, I wasn't too happy with it. Um, it was way, I, I pulled it a little. I wasn't trying to be that aggressive. Um, I was definitely trying to aim more, more left than I did, but uh, I put it high enough to give it time to at least uh, have a chance at fading back, and it faded back, just got over the cart path. Um, which, so I guess it was in bounds by a handful of feet. The cart path at that point is still uh, in bounds. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it put me in a really great position, uh, even though it's not exactly where I was trying to land. But uh, I, I definitely wasn't stoked when I let go and surprised <laughs> to see it land in bounds when it did. Yeah. So a little bit of a roller coaster there in some ways. Um, I think it's amazing that disc golf, and it's been here for a little while, but you have fans who you are now giving heart attacks, just like you've probably seen in other sports. Like, it's happening. Yep. I was just like, oh, when it left your hand, I was like, oh, man, my kid, everyone were like, oh, no. <laughs> and it stayed. We couldn't yeah. believe it. Could not believe it was inbound. So that was awesome. Um, so, Nick, I got my two good questions in. I'm, well, good yeah. is relative. What do you got, Nick? Yeah, we, we can call them good whether you want <laughs> okay. to or not. Um, anyways, hey, so picking up a win so early on in the season, literally the first big event of the year, does this kind of, you know, shake off? I'm trying to say um, picking up the win so early, does this – how does this feel coming from your off season? Like what was your off season like? And then also does this relieve a little bit of pressure going into the rest of the year where, okay, you've got that one win, now what are you chasing the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, so the off season was uh, pretty nice uh, and relaxed. Um, last off season, I was building out a van, so I was super busy. Didn't get in as much practice as I would have liked. But uh, this year was a lot more laid back, a few van improvements, and then a lot of just doing whatever I wanted. So I got more disc golf in and uh, honestly felt a lot better coming into this year than I did last year. 
uh, getting the win early is always, always great. I think um, it definitely puts a little less pressure on you, you know, moving forward. But uh, really as a whole for me this season, I think my main goal, I think I might've said this in a press conference at the all-star event, but I just, my goal is to try to stay focused the entire season. Sometimes I kind of lose focus at events and I feel like I'm going through the motions. So um, I really just want to try to take one event at a time, put all my uh, mental energy into the event that's ahead of me and um, see where that can take me this year. So uh, yeah, good start to this season. And we'll, uh, we'll see if I can continue forward with uh, this level of play. What's that going to take for you? Um, to, to keep that, what is it going to take for you to have that focus you're talking about? I don't know what it was that was taking your focus away, but like, what is it going to take for you? Um, I think it's just, uh, going out there and putting in some of the practice work, uh, at times when, you know, you, you don't want to, and you don't feel like it. Um, and then also just, you know, on those off weeks, uh, really letting yourself decompress mm. and, uh, just not trying to push too many things in there. Sometimes I, I find myself being a little too busy on, on off weeks, just running around trying to see things and do things, which I do enjoy doing, but I also think there needs to be time to, to decompress from, from the events that you're playing. So I think it's just kind of in the events, you know, doing less and then also in the off weeks, maybe doing a little less. So just as a whole being a little less active and all the other things I want to do. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a time and place that Simon said he wanted to just show off. He didn't care about the wins. It seems a little shift for him. Now you can say that, you know, you're wanting to be more focused on the course and a little bit less things off the course. Uh, in fact, a few years back, I know at least from my perspective, and I think other fans, it was kind of speculating that maybe disc golf wasn't um, the thing that you were doing and visualizing as a career move for you. Um, what's your mindset with disc golf now, if that's changed at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is certainly my career now. I mean, I just signed that five-year extension with Innova, so, you know, I'll be around for, for at least five more years. Yeah, so, what's, um, it, what's in a yeah. contract? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you never know these days, but I don't know. I think uh, some manufacturer finally put their foot down on leaving early. So um, I think I think you're probably a little more held more, a little more liable now. But, um, yeah, I'll be around for the foreseeable future. Um I, this has turned out way better than I could have expected when I started touring uh, back in the middle of 2018. The sport's grown quite a bit, and it's become quite a bit more more lucrative as well. So um, I certainly can't complain with where I'm at right now, and um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And it's also nice, you know, have like four months of the year where, you know, you kind of can do whatever you want. <laughs> that's awesome uh that's a selling point for sure um so they gave away no they didn't they didn't give away they sold toros and firebirds as a special release at lvc i have yep. some of your glow toros i really like them my son throws some of the stars and the glows we like them um that was a disc that you helped them design or was that just a disc that they offered up to you yeah the toro is something that um I helped design. Um, I got to go through the iterations with Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we started working on it. Um, I mean, so they released it last year, but I started working on it the year before. Um, probably went through, I think, four or five iterations before we finally landed on on the one that it currently is. So I definitely got a, quite a bit of input. I got to test different 
different variations and um i'm pretty happy with the way uh, it turned out it definitely has helped me in my game it's a this it's very comfortable for me to uh throw forehand and backhand which is what i was looking for did you have to stand in line to get your own toro or did they did they hold one for you um no i uh i fortunately <laughs> got to cut the line and um actually there was a couple of evenings where i was at the end of the line signing this oh, awesome. so um i got i got mine because i i sat there and, and signed this for, <laughs> for the people that wanted are, are, is the collector's market anywhere close to sexton and what is it going to take to get there with those toros or, or destroyers even i mean are, are you getting anybody selling your disc yet for lots of money have you seen the numbers i am not too in tune with the collector market do i think it'll ever be like <laughs> sexton's firebirds no i don't i don't think there's really anything that's like those so um I don't think if we can, I mean, maybe if we just started making like way less so like uh. make like 30 of them, they'll be super sought after yeah. and we can have a super low supply and the high demand. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really, the collector market isn't really anything I'm that concerned with. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's actually just way cooler when the discs actually get into the people's hands mm -hmm. that would like to throw them because, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That's kind of what they're made for, but um, and people can do whatever they want with with the disc they purchase. So I'm looking forward to throwing my my LVC Toro though. Oh, there, there you go. go. Uh, Nick, what do you got? So, Innova sponsored event has been for number number of years. Um, at this point in your career, I would say you have to be the number one guy over at Innova when it comes to being the best player on the team. Does that add any pressure into where you're at now or is it just kind of you're looking to just play some tournaments and try to win some here and there um i don't think being the best player um at a manufacturer really changes the the mindset or adds pressure i think i show up to the tournaments trying to win week in week out uh either way um that's always kind of the goal i i feel like it would be kind of unsatisfying to just um you know, not go out there and try to win. That's kind of why I, I know sometimes when I'm not the weeks where I wasn't focused in the past that they were not always the greatest weeks, just because I, you don't, you go out there, you go through the motions and you don't really know what you're doing with your time. You're just doing it because it's what you're supposed to be doing. So it's certainly much more satisfying when you stay focused, win or lose and put yourself in contention and try to win. Do you, do you think ahead on a season, when you're planning out your tour and you go these events one two three four whatever you pick them out are like i have a better chance to win than others does that like cross your mind like when you're thinking out your tour um no not really i, I think i honestly feel like if i'm playing well i have a chance at just about any course on tour um based on how things have played out it seems like i'm definitely more likely to win on a more open course even though i probably enjoy playing the more wooded courses uh you like look at my wins they're like las vegas twice jonesboro twice memorial once um i don't even know i Please guess stat man calvin on <laughs> yeah it's like deglo's pretty big bomber course as well so it's like the only time i guess i can really say that i've won in the woods is what hall of fame classic no big deal. So, no big deal. And then like Ledgestone, we don't even know if that one really counts. I'd split that with Richie. <laughs> I mean, I have the trophy, but 
you know, that's like half open, half woods. But I mean, so really the only wooded tournament I guess I've ever won would have been the Hall of Fame Classic in 2019. So um, I guess my odds are definitely higher there. But I do think uh, any given week I could I could win on any course. Interesting take. I actually teed that question up just thinking as a fan's perspective. Like, are you thinking things? But I, I can see how the idea of like, oh, yeah, maybe these courses play to your favor uh, from your perspective or the fans. But, man, I envision you as, and I think so many do, being able to throw extremely far and straight and low lines in the woods. Like, I, I someone asked me, and you didn't, but here's my take. You, you can play them all. I agree. So um, do you have any new discs on the way? They did the Toro for you. You have this Destroyer. I'm probably missing a few others, but, like, anything else on the way? Any special stamps for LVC? Anything in the talks after one night of after winning a red-eye home? And, like, what do you know? Um, I'm sure Innova is going to come out with some kind of LVC commemorative disc. They uh, generally do. I haven't talked to anyone to okay. know that for sure, but my guess is that's coming out. But, um, I have a new fairway driver coming out with Millennium, uh, called the Vila. It's like a speed seven, uh, fairway that's straight to overstable. So, mm -hmm. um, I threw it a little bit at the tournament. I had a, a Helio one. That's uh, their version of the halo plastic. It was purple and white. Um, so be on the lookout for that. The first release of it actually did happen at uh, Vegas. They did the Millennium did the first contacts, which is like their first runs. Um, but I anticipate, you know, some with my names and the tour series version of that coming out sometime in the near future. Okay, cool. Um, man, all I can say is again, I'm going to try to steal some of your excitement from the win. I, I heard you woo and we don't have ricky's tour manager anymore but when you won you get you shouted a woo out there and i was like there we go uh that's excitement uh even my kids they're like v v calvin just you know he showed some excitement so that's awesome my um eight-year-old almost turning nine he prides himself on carrying himself like you on the course so thank you for well, that's awesome yeah really that's who he's like like me dad i i i'm like him on the course so like just his composure and control of himself. So good job there. I appreciate that. Uh, Nick, you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I guess just briefly talking about the final round, um, very tight race up at the top, had a couple guys on the chase guard making a push at you guys. Um, some of them even tying the lead at some points. What is kind of your mindset going into that last round? And then on hole seven, where you made a double bogey, talk to us about after that, what's kind of the mindset going on? Yeah, I mean, going into the final round, um, you really feel like you have to shoot hot. I mean, I was three back, but, you know, there's a bunch of people right around me in score. So I'm thinking I need to shoot somewhere in the double digits to have a chance at winning. Um, the weather did kind of deteriorate as the, the round went on. So maybe that expectation slowly lowered over time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely had some early mistakes, you know, some missed circle one putt on on three, awful driving two, but I made up for it with some big circle two putts there at the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, after that double bogey on hole seven, um, I was pretty frustrated with myself. It kind of almost felt like I would played myself out of it at that point. Um, it's just like not a hole you can double bogey it's a 400 foot par four and realistically the only goal is to throw it into a bunker and give yourself a birdie putt so taking a six there was pretty detrimental because i mean at that point you got really not not a whole lot of holes that you can count on 
gaining strokes on. There's a lot of holes you can gain strokes on in the back nine, but I feel like a lot of the holes are either like really tough, especially into that headwind, or they're fairly easy. So, um, I mean, I was frustrated, but I knew I just had to keep pushing and uh, see if I could maybe had a chance at the end. Uh, and I mean, I made some incredible shots coming down on 15, 16, and gave myself the opportunity to win going into to 18. Yeah, you did. Perfect. And as we started out this interview with you, Hole 16, 17, 18, not everybody was doing what you were doing. And all I'll say is 16, I, you said it, I thought the same thing. That that approach on 16. I, What was your confidence level throwing that? I'll, I'll, we got to cut you free after this one. We got Cat lined up too. But like, what was your confidence level, your mindset? This is the time to strike. Is that what was going through your head? Um, I mean, after I threw the tee shot and I got down the fairway, I really wasn't that that sure on on what to do. Um, I mean, it was super windy, but as I kind of started to think about it, I really wasn't sure where I would be making up that, mm -hmm. that last stroke. Um, so, I mean, I'd played that in the practice round with a similar headwind. So I kind of knew what I needed to do. I'd played a practice round with, with Zach Melton and, um, kind of just drew on that and, um, knew I had to go for it and I threw it and turned out really well got pretty favorable uh, ground action mm -hmm. there on the on the hill and um was able to get the birdie so and at that point you know it's anybody's ball game so <laughs> i knew that was kind of the moment to strike i really didn't want to have to try to make up one stroke on 18. um i feel like when you have one stroke going into 18 it's just way less nervy on every shot you can kind of play safe kevin could have played like safer off the tee and then kind of you know just waited and seeing what I did and just played off of that. So um, being able to tie it up for 18 was uh, really big for me. So, so clutch and the win. I mean, amazing. And not to compare, but last year's clutch shot that stands out to me was Valerie Mandahano, hole 17 at Waco. This one is going to go down in my mind, 16 for Calvin at LVC. So congratulations again thank you so much for taking the time i know everyone's traveling but you making the time here means the world to us at nick and matt as well as all the listeners the viewers right now really appreciate it calvin anything you want to shout out the floor is yours or else you're free to go um well i just wanted to thank you for uh picking me this week you know um <laughs> not rooting against me uh it's a big deal. it really boosted my confidence um to know that that Matt didn't doesn't hate me. Imagine and, uh, that you listened to the yeah. Nick and Matt show, and that's what did it. I mean, that's too much, Calvin. We gotta end the interview now. All right. Well, thank you, <laughs> and uh, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. All right. Peace thanks out, Calvin. Thanks so much. All right. See ya. Good yep. luck in the next Bye. one. Yeah. Thank right. you. <clears throat> All right, everybody. That was Calvin Heimberg. Uh, that was that was awesome. That shout out at the end, Nick. Like, thanks, Matt. Yeah. It's what. But now yeah. I feel this pressure. Do I have to cheer? Pick him? Every yeah. Are you week? gonna pick him for Waco? Yeah, you have to cheer him on. Though. Or should I just pick him for the events I really think he's gonna win, and he just wins those yeah. events? I mean, if I pick three or four, that's a pretty good season. I mean, realistically, that's what we're supposed to do as <laughs> you know, sports people and content creators is actually pick who we genuinely do think is going to win the tournament. And I think Calvin was a phenomenal pick. Um, I think actually most of our picks, maybe except for Ben's, were uh, actually pretty on point with you know players and how they actually finish up the tournament. Yeah. I mean, there were multiple times who Joel Freeman. I don't remember exactly where he finished out, but I know Paul McBeth in a couple of those rounds was making a really solid. Uh, kind of come back the first six or seven holes almost each round he started off hot fire and then towards the middle of the round just kind of fell off and 
going into the last round was just a little bit too late. But I think all of our picks this week were actually pretty solid with yours being the best. So I think that the chat comment that just says, if Calvin wins Worlds, Matt needs to shave the beard. Matt, commit to it. It's an interesting one off to think about because it's not that hot of a take. And it's kind of like, man, why would I do that? It's kind of like yeah. choosing to shave off my beard. So I don't know. Well, well it's almost it, it, there's really no point to it because your beard will grow back in two weeks. It's true. But that's the other side. I don't really care shaving it. It's just it looks funny for a little bit. It looks like the those uh, hairless cats, you know, <laughs> except just, my uh, face. bring the mustache. back. OK, <clears throat> yeah, just the mustache. OK, so intern Ben, we got uh, someone in the green room. Yes. OK, so We're ready. My other pick besides calvin was for our next as well as nicks but i i got yeah. the two times well, i got both dude i picked katrina i picked calvin i wanted to be in vegas to play some games and maybe win some money but it didn't work oh. out so let's welcome to the show everybody katrina allen back-to-back -back lvc champion 2023 welcome to the show cat we're so happy to have you hey this is matt post show i know it's not katrina's voice that you were expecting I'm sitting here post-show working on it, and I realized that during the live stream, well, actually, we knew it during the live stream, there were tech issues with the audio from Katrina's side. Nobody has to be at blame for this. It's the results of a live show. Uh, it is what it is, but so you're going to hear her voice here in a minute. It's going to have some audio distortion and some uh, in interesting sounds that you'll hear. Uh, hope you enjoy the interview. It's going to be cut in different portions here, trying to make it make sense. But next voice you hear should be Katrina's, I hope. And uh, we'll go from there. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I felt really good. In fact, I said to somebody, I feel really solid, but I still have so much I want to work on over the season. Like I made a lot of progress in the off season, um, but still lots that I wanted to work on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've watched from afar and it's only in social media world, but you've been working on your throw. You've been um, committing to all that extra effort. And I guess like there's so much we'd like to know about, but like, where did that come from? I know you talked about, you know, bad habits, like just compounding over time, but where did the mindset come from? Like, this is the time to start working on it. Um, well, I think off season is a perfect time, right? Like you can make little tweaks through the season, but you don't really want to start from scratch. Um, so I put the disc down somewhere in October. I played an event after Throw Pink, a local event, um, and then came back and was hoping that maybe like magically my old form where I felt really confident and loved the way I threw the disc would come back, and it didn't. <laughs> uh, so me and Austin, man, we took like two or three days of just trying all kinds of little different tricks and was a combo of throwing putters at like 30%, 40%, just like a three-step smooth run-up that kind of got things, we kind of got there. And then we were tried to like implement mids and fairways. And it was like the old habits just really creeped in. And Austin had this idea to like do a run-up, like down a hill. <laughs> nice. It just, it just like clicked. And then he's like, do it again, do it again. It's like, that's it. But now just do it on flat ground. <laughs> wow. Uh, I feel like I'm not quite where I want to be, but have made a lot of progress. And I think the biggest thing for me is I'm enjoying throwing the disc again. I feel like I'm like, it's feeling more effortless than it has in the last few years. 
Okay, real quick on our end, I'm going to refresh you. There we go. So it should be refreshed. We're going to take a little bit less data from you. Uh, it's We're hearing you good, but there's some background noises that we're trying to fix. That It's not your issue, I don't think. So, uh, okay. so yeah, I, I'm interested to, for, like, we could talk about your win, and I'm sure people want to know more about that. There's some excellent things you did during there. You, you gained a um, significant lead. How does that go into your mindset? It doesn't shift very much for you, I'm assuming, but maybe just elaborate on that when you start getting these strong leads early into an event. Um, I never really think about it first, second, third round, um, but it crept in a little bit during the final round when I just really wasn't vibing with the wind. Like I just would overread it or underread it or just like, and I think it was, um, for Innova, if I think back to all those years, it's just not a win that we're used to or that I'm used to. Um, and I really just struggled. was like not until we got off those first like eight or nine holes where I felt like I kind of had it under control. I remember even talking, I think it was like maybe Ganimper's mom or somebody else where they were feeling the same way. Like, it's that awkward win where if you miss, it's either going to drop you bad or if you miss the other way, it's going to push you bad, right? So really awkward. Um, and, and that's when I finally started thinking about the lead, unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. So, yeah, thinking about leads, you don't, you don't want to do that. Um, I don't. I want to just focus on what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Well, I, you, say, no, definitely. you say you know, and I'm, I'm not the pro athlete. But, yeah, I'd like to think I do know. Nick, what do you got? Yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, one of the things that was definitely the most confident, even in such the windy conditions, was your putting was just yeah. immaculate this weekend. I think those 35, 36 footers, you're jamming pretty dead center. You're taking some risky death putts on uh, one of the holes is hole six over at the end of a course. Um, talk to us just about your putting and then how the event changes here with going down to two courses. You guys playing the infinite course and then the end of a course. Do you like that change? Um, yeah, I feel like maybe, uh, what tournament was it? I feel like last year, then the Texas swing somewhere, I really got in a putting groove and I would say I, I putted really solid all season. It just came down to the throwing, but I would say I feel better from like 25 to say 40 feet this year than I did last year. Um, and it just feels like my putt is a little harder, uh, a little more direct, not as lobby, uh, got a little more spin on it. Uh, the two courses, I always feel so bad when you guys ask these kind of questions because I'd play one course, 27 holes, one course, nine holes, or five courses. <laughs> like, it's something that I just, it sounds bad, but don't care about. Like, I'll just, I'll just do what the TDs ask or that, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, I find if I focus too much on not liking a course or not liking the format instead of getting prepared for what we all have to deal with it, it really can affect the way I play that week no I think that's an awesome mentality just going in and knowing that everyone else is doing the same exact thing in your division and then whoever can just do it the best is the winner of the tournament ultimately um, where has I mean talk to us just about the success that you've had at this tournament I think you said you're now a five-time Las Vegas challenge open or excuse me, Las Vegas Open champion, and then a back-to-back -back champion. Just talk to us just in general about this event and what brings out. It's the first event in the year where you would think there wouldn't be as much consistency in the winners, but you found great consistency here. Consistency here. Just talk to us about that. 
Um, I don't know if it's just a, a vibe thing or if I've just built confidence over the last few years or um, if it says something about my preparation in the off season. Um, not to say that I, you know, I, to be honest, I have no idea what anybody else does. You know, they could be working harder than me. I could do nothing and just kind of ease into the season. So they're more successful throughout the season. I, I'm really not sure, but um, I would say also I take a, take the winter off like a month or two. So maybe I'm the combination of working hard before the season and just being refreshed also. Okay. Hey, I, I want to try something one more time. If it's not too hard for you, close out. Do you want me to try headphones again? Possibly. Close out. Just close out of the browser again. It's okay if you kill this feed. And just reuse that link because it's do. And you're going to laugh. You'll laugh to find out. It's doing this weird, like, Jabba the Hut noise in the background. Every now and then, like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Who's with you? <laughs> so. No, no. I'm, but just, just close it out altogether and, like, try. Yeah. Okay. So. I know some in our chat are saying it's not a big deal. And I appreciate it. Like, we're going to go roll with it. But it's worth trying one more attempt here to see if we can get it to be just a little bit better. Um, Great video quality. It seems like the connection's fine. So we're just going to go with whatever comes back, unless we can't hear her. Um, But my next question is going to be tips for us, because I really believe that she's mentally strong um, after a lot of years of effort. And I just want to see what her response to that would be. Um, yeah, she's I'm a, curious. Is, is this, is this the year of Katrina Allen? I mean, are we going to see not the same, maybe domination as Kristen Tatar, but with Kristen Tatar still lingering with the injury stuff and it's definitely still mental, um, mentally with her right now. I mean, are we going to see the same Kristen Tatar as we saw last year? I'm hoping we do, cause it was so fun to actually watch it, especially in the FPO setting. Uh, but I'm curious with cats kind of great putting style and great throws. We'll see how that goes throughout the rest of the year. Okay. Let's see. So cats back in. Let's see if, if we can hear. Come on. Oh, wow. We can hear. Yeah. Well, Is it better? Yeah. No, well, like cross, uh, cross our fingers. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. No frogs, <laughs> no ribbits. Cross our fingers. I mean, it's it, yeah. Great. Cause we're like, it's not your, I always feel bad because it's not the guest's fault. And it's just like, we don't want to make you feel awkward at all. And that's not our goal no. here. I mean, it was better than the first time. The first time I could just hear what I was saying as I was trying to continue yeah. to talk. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is miserable. This is miserable. Yeah, that's no, that's stuff? that's horrible. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, but, good. but it is working. So okay. um, when I think of Katrina Allen, and I, I hope this is what you would like me to think, is mentally strong. And I feel like I wouldn't have always thought that. But every time you come on, I get into this little like, hey, what are you reading? What are you learning? What's where's your health and wellness? Where's your mindset strengthening coming from? Um, so I know, and maybe I'm wrong. There's got to be something that you're currently practicing or working on um, that you could share as a tip that's helping you, especially with maybe mental strength. Uh oh, we might have lost her again. Can you hear me, Cat? No. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Can Hello? you hear me, Kat? No, you can you hear me? This is pretty fun. I, I feel bad, obviously, for her on her side. She yeah. can't hear us. We can't hear her either. I think sometimes when they're in it and they get like if they're on their phones, they get a text notification. They they either close it out or 
or leave this, you know, sometimes it does this. So um, I want to get that question in. <laughs> While we're waiting here for the live audience, did you hit the like? Let's get the likes or why this isn't working well. Sorry. Actually, 450 likes in turn, Ben, another uh, one another chip challenge. Chip. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think we do have another one chip, don't we? Oh, yeah, I think I have three here, Nick, waiting for you to come back to the studio. Okay, Oh yeah. Katrina, no. let's try it again. Let's see. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> this is... Come on, please just work. I know I, I know that what you were getting into, and I know me and you have talked that we should have a separate podcast just to even talk about. Yeah, this. so what's working for you right now or that you are practicing currently that you could share as a tip? Um, so I read a really good book this off season and I'm in the middle of David Goggins' second book. Uh, the first one was Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules to Life. And if that doesn't make you turn inner and really tell you where your life is and where you need to improve, man, I don't know what will, but um, I feel like I've been on a journey for a couple of years on probably like since 2017, 18 to really change some things in my life. And man, that book got me this off season. It was like, I would just, uh, man, a lot of reflection anyways. Um, yeah, there was something I feel like that's been holding me back that maybe I wasn't even aware of. Um, in my disc golf game, and I feel like it's something that could possibly really lead to success, a lot of success this year. Well, when you just dropped out the last time, <laughs> Nick goes, is this the year of Katrina Allen? Um, you're, I know the media, we're, we can be considered media, even though I think we're guys talking about disc golf half the time, like whatever, but we we talk about it and i know you don't love always hearing the feedback from it sometimes but like we looked at your putting for there was this shaky period of putting in your career whatever it was aligned to or whether you thought it or not that's like kind of how some of us visualized it but it doesn't feel like that's there now and it feels like mental strength is a thing that i look to you and say wow she has that and you're saying maybe this is my year i think maybe i just took changed the words you said like uh no i mean to be honest, I I guess I wasn't even thinking about the putting thing. I really feel like those feelings have been gone since the beginning of last year. Even if I didn't make every putt, I uh, slowly have built off of the confidence. I also, I'm not just saying this. I actually asked Austin about it because Austin putted 100% in the circle the last two rounds. The steady BLs, you will think you miss, and they just get there. And it is something I haven't experienced in my career, and I have to give a little shout out to the steady BLs for my confidence because I can just be so smooth and they just get there. Um, and wow. then, yeah. And then on top of that, I feel like that kind of helps you calm and relax. And, and then, yeah, like I said, I think being excited to throw the disc well again, you know, like I talked about not really loving where my form was last year, um, but more so just, um you know like how we were just saying i don't really focus on mm -hmm. what courses we're playing how many rounds what time we're playing who i'm playing with things like that um there was still some outside stuff that i was allowing to affect me right whether it's you know the opinions of the media or uh i don't know just a lot of 
things that I can't control and I can only control how I, I guess, allow them to affect me. Um, for example, when my disc hit the cart and didn't come back in bounds, mm-hmm. uh, the final round, uh, I really wanted to just freak out. <laughs> um, I thought it was like, what is the cart even doing there? And then I thought, okay, yeah, sure. There shouldn't be a cart, you know, near the basket like that, but it happened. And so now what, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's more in those moments or like, uh, maybe I throw a good shot, it gets a bad skip and rolls out of bounds, right? You did everything you could and not allowing that to spiral and cause more negative energy or whether I show that on the outside or not, sometimes it's happening inside and just being able to uh, not go down that negative spiral. Yeah. what I really want to work on this year. Okay. So you feel like you still have a ways to go with the, everybody does, but like how far do you think yeah. you have to go? Are you, are you satisfied at all? Or are you like, no, I got a long oh, no, way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think I did it really well. You know, even if I had bad holes, even a couple bad holes or missed a pot or whatever it was, I just felt like, um, yeah, I just feel a little different. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into all those negative things or outside things or give too much credit to those people or those things. But um, yeah, it can be a big struggle for me where I, I can worry about things that I just don't necessarily need to. I mean, I, I could give you a small example. It was like first round, we're up by the scoring table and there's an MPO player just complaining about everything, right? We're like not even a tournament in. And normally I can like be guilty of like taking on that energy, yelling at that person and just like feeling frustrated. And I was like, this isn't my battle. <laughs> like, I'm just going to let this person do what they do. I don't know if that makes sense, but just kind of like maybe a good way to say it, just worrying about myself. Yeah. And quite frankly, I, it's so, it's so funny. Every time you come on, I'm like the Nick and Matt show fans. I don't know as they want to get in as deep as I do with this, but like, I would love to have these like, <laughs> yeah maybe even off camera talks, just like, what do you, cause, and this is not about me, but I feel this connection at some level with the the mental side of it. And I'm like, man, yeah. we're, we do a YouTube feed, right? And we have hundreds of thousands of people who listen to what we say. And man, I, I see from the outside people saying things about me at a small percentage of what you're getting. And I struggle with it. And I want to know like, well, what's Katrina doing? And you're hearing yeah. it and it's, it's affecting your career. And like, so yeah. like, do you have any tip? What do you tell yourself? Like when those, those thoughts creep in there, what do you tell yourself? Because it's real. Yeah. Um, I mean, when that disc hit the cart and I went from having an eagle putt to having to get up and down for par and then ending up with a bogey. Um, you know, I guess what was really working for me was Goggins said in his book, like sometimes you have to make a decision in this one second to like pretty much change your life, right? Like to, uh, like for him, he was talking about Navy SEALs and staying in the water, right? If he gets out, then they'll kick him out. He'll never be able to do it, right? So he has to like stay in that second. For me, it's like, I have this one second to like get over it and move on because it'll affect how my tournament goes, how my season goes, how my life continues. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, And then to go with, what you were saying and talking about the comments and things like that. 
I kind of am going to use if I see a bad comment, just be like, thanks. I'll be up earlier tomorrow working harder. You know, like mm. <laughs> turning, it, turning the negative into positive, just like you know, of course, people were like, oh, Valerie Matahano and Kristen Tatar and Paige Pierce weren't there. So, yeah, congrats on your one win for the season. I was like, oh, thank you very much. I'll be up earlier tomorrow working harder on my putt and working harder, you know, like, yeah. uh, instead of, like, sitting around and feeling sorry for myself and caring what some person I've never met who knows nothing about me personally, it's like I'll just I'll just use that fuel to work harder i guess yeah uh, and i think and, and i'm gonna say this took me years and years and years to get to because i was at a place before where like someone would message me something mean and it would ruin my day for sure it's uh <laughs> i'm laughing you know, we, i'm laughing we because i relate yeah exactly right um oh yeah but yeah, I didn't. I, every time you come on, I don't mean to make it all about that. So, I mean, disc golf is a fantastic sport. Um, you're always talking about. I, I see again, social media. Sorry, I don't mean to make this personal. Like, I know you, but like, you're talking about yeah. eating steaks and all that. I love grilling a ribeye, smoking a ribeye, reverse searing. That's my hobby. Um, what's <laughs> is is a ribeye your favorite steak to go to right now? Yeah, yeah, a ribeye for sure. Medium uh, rare. 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 Oh, she's look okay. Yeah. But I need to I prefer a nice crust. Yeah. Yeah. So if it has a good crust, it doesn't matter what the insides it could be. Just as long <laughs> as there's a crust. <laughs> yes. Uh so that's awesome too. Um all right. What do we need to know uh about new things coming up for Katrina? Anything new coming up, or is it just like, hey, the season just started? Just hold tight for a little bit. Or is there like, no, I got big things that are going to be coming up for this year. Um, well, Wednesday here in uh, Scottsdale, uh, we'll be at the Fly Mart releasing the DGA Tour Series. I'm releasing my ProLine Swirl uh, sale. So that's exciting. If you're in town for the memorial, come say hi. Or if you're in Arizona, um, what else? I launched a website this last November, and we're working on the next drop. So a new drop will be coming. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but um, we did unisex shirts and a woman's hoodie, and guys were mad that there wasn't a hoodie for them. So maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, maybe. Oh, and now intern for ben. a Nick and Matt show exclusive. <laughs> intern Ben's a little late on the exclusive audio, but no, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so, wow. I mean, you've got a lot going on for this year. The the whole tour is there. You're planning on hitting every stop? I think most of them. Okay. I don't think we'll hit as all the Silver Series, but... Um... Any European travel? Yeah, I think we're going to do, well, I know I have an Airbnb books for both uh, Sula, or is it TCS? The Norway. Yep. 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 And then uh, European Open, and then just those two. Um, but yeah, I'll be at all the Elite Series and, you know, a couple Silver Series. Um, but yeah, just another year of grinding. 
Absolutely. Nick, you've been sitting quiet, just taking it in. I know you guys get to hang out a little more often than me, but what do you got? <laughs> yeah, here and there when I'm fortunate enough to be able to get out on the road. I mean, uh, my biggest question that I was going to have is just talking about the final round. Um, you had dominated the first three rounds and then the final round had built up a significant lead going into it. Um, with that lead getting smaller and smaller throughout the round, obviously you were able to hold it off to just quickly talk to us about the mindset of you know, you don't have to birdie every single hole when you start out around eight strokes ahead. So just kind of talk to us about people pushing up on you and just maintaining the lead in general. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think that's what you said. You don't have to birdie, but that's what I was doing so well. And I was kind of coming up firing every round. And I think I got too hesitant and too safe instead of just sticking with my game plan. Right. Like, if I really think if I would have just went out and acted like it was a first or second round, um, and that's actually, that can just go with my goal for the whole season, is to just really be confident and commit, right? No hesitation. In fact, you guys were talking about a few death putts I made. I remember being on the island hole. Yeah, uh, Nick, I think you talked about, was it six, right? Yep. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, if I was in practice right now, I would full send this and probably make it. Exactly. So why am I not, like, I feel like if I want to go to that next level, I have to run this putt and be confident, right? Um, so I feel like I didn't do that as well as I could have the final day. And I really feel like it was a really good learning opportunity, as weird as that is to say, because they say you you learn more from losing. But I felt like um, I finally settled in after the cart. I think the cart, hitting the cart made me so mad that I forgot where the lead was and just played, kind of shut my mind off. So that was kind of nice, as weird as that sounds. But really just, um, yeah, a great learning opportunity because I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud because I like to be so humble. But I feel like I feel so confident my game's so close to where I want it to be that there may be more opportunities where I have to play with that lead and have to just focus on myself, stay, uh, stay committed and stay confident and aggressive. No, definitely. Um, I think that's a great valuable lesson just to anyone playing disc golf at whatever tier is, you know, and I talk to this with a lot of amateur people. Um, they're always wondering what it's like getting into the professional scene of things. And I'm like, learn how to win, you know, in the amateur side of, you know, maintaining a lead, but also coming back from a lead. I think those are two very important things getting into anyone's disc golf career. So seeing it on the top stage of having such a lead going into that final round, and then even the struggles, like you were just talking about, almost getting too hesitant and almost playing too safe. I think there were a couple times where we even saw that out of Kevin Jones, um, not pushing Absolutely. in areas where we think he probably should have pushed a little bit more, but it's easy for us to say people watching in the background, um, hindsight 2020 and that sense of things. So I, I wish that I could do the things that you guys do in the tournament, but <laughs> go ahead. No, I just was going to agree with you and say, you know, Kevin did what he thought was, was right. And I don't, I would never judge that. But for me, myself, I do agree. I was too hesitant. I laid up some putts that I wouldn't have laid up for second, third round. And I want to, you know, it's kind of like that go out swinging or play to win. I mean, it's something I used to call timeouts and yell, not yell, but tell my team, like, quit tipping, swing away. You got the lead and now you're hesitating. You're, you know, 
you're trying not to lose your lead instead of just, you know, playing your game. So yeah, uh, I I think that was a huge lesson for me to start the season. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Even having, you know, that much of a lead going to the final round, it's crazy how, you know, a couple holes can really change things, especially the front nine over at Vegas. I mean, we've seen it with Calvin at hole seven at Vegas. Hole six could have been a big number changer. Hole five, I mean, there are plenty of holes over at the Innova course that could have been big potential swings. Um, but to be able to hold on to it throughout the rest of the round, it really doesn't matter whether you win by one or win by 10. Uh, as long yeah. as you're winning in general, then congratulations to you. I think that's what everyone strives for going out into the pro tour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, both for you and Calvin, these were impressive victories um, in their own, in their own ways, their own rights. Uh, I, it's gotta be a good feeling to start out with a win. Um, it just probably sets the tone. I mean, who knows what the rest of the season holds for you, but you're a competitor yeah. and it's your job and you're, we, we wish the best for you. Uh, we've kept you here for long enough. I think you've given your time for us. And we <laughs> yeah. really appreciate it. Is there anything that we missed that you're like, man, how did you not ask me this? Like, I want to pat, put that out there. What do you think? Uh, no, I just think when you're ready, we should do a separate segment, maybe a special segment. We'll, we'll do like a three hour Joe Rogan where we just talk about life okay. and deep things and have fun. <laughs> um, if you're, if you're, and then at people least... can choose if they want to listen to that. <laughs> yes. If you're at least semi serious, I will mark it down, pencil yeah. it. Okay. We'll, we'll do something yeah, special. No, I can talk about that stuff. I think we could go down that for a long time. If, if you're, we'll talk off, we'll get, I have your contact, maybe okay. in studio. MVP, if maybe, you know, I don't want to interrupt yeah. your competition, but in studio, you could do no, it. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. But we'll reach we'll out. We'll make steak oh, that uh, night. Yeah, steak too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. That'll be perfect. I yeah. may, I think I make a pretty good ribeye. I'm telling you. We, we'll, okay. Well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how your sear is. <laughs> yeah. No, the sear is crucial as well. It's the reverse sear. I'm telling you. I get the temperature. I've got anyone who's into smoking, I got these like, meter the bluetooth meters that you you get your steak to exactly where you want it slowly oh okay. get it there take it off at like 115 right in that range you throw it on sear it let it rest for that 10 15 minutes i'm telling you right now there's nothing better and cat i will try to make sure i i live up to what i just said <laughs> okay <laughs> no i um i just want to say uh thanks you guys for having me uh sorry about the audio everybody thanks for sticking with us and yeah, I'm hoping to be back some more. You will. More you will. We'll figure it out. We'll come up with some uh, good Definitely. questions that we can we can come up with questions together, too, to make sure we're on the same page. Um, all right, okay. cool. Thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully you have a lot more wins and we'll hit you up. You can always say no, but, man, we'd love to have you again. Exactly. Okay, Best of luck guys. over at Waco. Thank you. Have a great night. All right. Peace, Peace out. Bye, Bye Kat. Um, she's, she's gotten pretty good, at least at hanging up. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> we had to do it a couple times. But uh, anyways, to, to everyone tuning yeah. in right now, I know, you know, we, we do try to strive to bring you guys the best show every so often, though, technical difficulties do arise. Um, one thing even is my fault this week is, you know, having to unmute and mute myself and turn up my volume and all that good stuff just because <laughs> I can't find where my freaking headphones went. And I'm not. You guys, thank you. you know, Nick. Making fun of me and my gamer headphones the whole time. And I then, appreciate uh, you saying just, that. Yeah. On my side, it's funny. I we the chat is being a little rough on me. It's it's no big deal. I've come a long way. But like, man, right. this interview's tough. And I'm like, 
first of all, she's she has great answers. Don't don't be in the show for me. Maybe I'm making it tougher, but yeah. we're hearing things yeah. in our ears. We're trying to like run the show on it's time. Tough. We got people coming in green. It's, it's a big production. It's not our yeah. full time career. That being said, we think we provided you value. I believe it was valuable, at least for me, Nick. Oh, look at intern Ben. Yeah, ben. no, definitely. It's weird. I, it's some weird issue, not to get off on the tech thing, but like it was perfect, right? For a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's some something in the wires. That's all I'll say. Something in the wires. Okay. Something um, in the air. Let's get a little jump start here because now we've kind of banked a little bit of a, a cushion here on our uh, schedule. And I know we've already got lined up in the green room. Um, somebody that we introduced to the show last week, uh, Chris Clark Which was awesome. of Disc Golf. Dot law. And if you are curious, that's their uh, website as well. <laughs> Disc golf dot law. Now, why do we have you back, Chris? Uh, what's going on? Well, I thought I could add to the uh, technical perfection of the show by coming to you tonight from my car. So hopefully you can see me and uh, hear me okay. Um, In true but, uh, disc golfer I'm, I'm fashion. Guessing- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm guessing we're here to talk about the uh, this lawsuit that Natalie Ryan filed against the Pro Tour and the PDGA. Yeah, mm-hmm. so rather than us talk about our opinions on how we feel about it, I feel like it depends, I guess, if you're a defense attorney or not, but like how you feel about it, you can share. But like, what has happened? Where are we at? I saw you posted a video. Again, I'll point everybody over there. Shout out. You, you can go check out discgolf.law on YouTube. He posts this content. He's gracious enough to come and share with our listeners directly here as well. But give us the interesting things about this and then maybe kind of tie it up and say, here's what you think. Maybe they have a case. Maybe they don't. Where are we going from here? Kind of a thing. So, yeah, take it away. Sure. Okay. Um, Well, uh, Natalie filed her suit in federal court in um, California, and the defendants are the Disc Golf Pro Tour, the PDGA and Thousand Rated Productions, which is the um, company that hosts the OTB Open. Um, You know, I am on record on our YouTube channel saying that, uh, this was months ago, saying that I I didn't think that um, if Natalie decided to bring a legal challenge against the PDGA's policy that she would um, be very likely to succeed. I I didn't say I thought it was impossible or you know, just a non-starter, but I just thought it would be a difficult, I thought it would be uphill, an uphill battle. Um, so, and the, the reason that I said that was because there just aren't any laws out there that we could find in our research that pertain directly to transgender athletes in professional sports. Um, we did find um, some states that have passed laws relative to um, student athletes, um, but this is really a unique case. And so, um, Natalie uh, found a a smart attorney. The complaint is well-written and it relies in large part on the California Civil Rights Act. And so rather than saying, I think she'll win, I think she won't win, that sort of thing, I will say, I think she has chosen the forum that will give her the best chance of winning. I think if she doesn't win in California, it will be very difficult for her to win anywhere else. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Now, is this something like we were able to, you know, see kind of the Gannon, the Gannon Burr documents are, is anyone available or excuse me, is anyone able to go and find these documents and where, where do people find them just to, you know, get more of an insider knowledge towards it? Sure. Um, so 
all court documents are public, whether it's state court or federal court. But the nice thing about federal court is um, that uh, the documents are available online for download through a platform called Pacer. We mm -hmm. referred to that, uh, I think, maybe a little bit last week. Yep, last so, yeah, you can go on. You can go on Pacer. You can get a. Um, you can create an account. It's going to cost you a few dollars. It really is very cheap. But you can search by her name and download the court documents from there. Um, you can also email info at discgolf.law. I'd be happy to send them to you. Yeah. So I reached out to another attorney, a friend of mine, also in the disc golf world. You might recognize the name Sunstein Law. Uh, they're advertising a lot with Disc Golf Pro Tour, and I said. Hey, we asked Chris to come back on. Uh, how, what's your affiliation with the Disc Golf Pro Tour in this this suit that we're seeing filed? And he said, uh, I think to quote him, uh, Steve Abreu, by the way, a guy that's in the disc golf world uh, out of Boston up here in Massachusetts. And he said, I'm representing the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I have no comment. <laughs> so uh, more or less, you're right. I, I can't come on. I can't come on and talk about this. And so I was like, well, perfect. Like Chris is our guy, you know, and, and anyways, he gave, he gave you a lot of credit, not that you needed it, but Chris is doing a great job. Keep up the good work. So um, I think- I'll give it right back. If you'll, if, if you'll let me just take a second. He's a very smart attorney. Um, met him in person just recently out in Tucson. He and I have been on opposite sides of a few deals and uh, probably will again. And so I would urge you to, you know, when there is a topic that he can talk about, I would urge you to have him on because he's a smart guy. Cool. There's a shout out, Steve. We'll get you on another time. Um, we'll, we'll let the, we thought about having two of you on at once and we didn't know if that was a good idea for the Nick and Matt show. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, the internet might explode <laughs> two lawyers are, yeah. two lawyers walk into a room uh, they get on a podcast yeah this is a joke i'm sure that would never happen but uh um so i think what's kind of interesting is a little speculation here and, and i'm again not here to share my opinion but the pdga you would agree everybody would agree with this or maybe not but they would be have been really remiss to not have had a really good attorney looking at the things before they made these rules. And I also, it, I can't say I have insider knowledge, but I have knowledge. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. What I'm pretty confident about that. They knew California was going to be an issue. And that's partly why some of the ruling was the way it was now. And I'm, again, I'm beating around the bush here, but some of it was that they didn't ban transgendered athletes completely. Uh, they made criteria and they did it um, at the highest level. They still allowed A tiers. Now, I don't know how that all plays together because I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but like people were questioning that. Why didn't they just ban it across the board? Do you think that that plays into this at all? Is there a reason why the PDGA didn't just ban it across the board? I think my suspicions are similar to yours. I'm sure that they consulted with um, smart people that advised them accordingly and actually. Let me walk back the statement. I'm sure that they did. I suspect that they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. One of the arguments in Natalie's lawsuit is that the PDGA policy was created intentionally to target her and to intentionally eliminate her specifically from the pro tour. And at first glance, that seems maybe like a fairly bold statement, but think about the fact that they did implement different policies for people playing uh, PDGA majors and then 
the Pro Tour came along and said, yes, we're going to use that also for Pro Tour events, as opposed to other PDGA-sanctioned events. You know, there really was only one um, transgender athlete that was doing well enough on the Pro Tour to be recognized the way that she was, and that was obviously Natalie. And so while I'm, I don't have an opinion whether the PDGA targeted her or not, that difference between the rules for majors in the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the versus all other events, I think may have created a claim that she could make in this lawsuit, and she did. So what is it like? How, how, how do you convince, is it a judge or a jury that you were targeted? It, I, I could see a jury potentially, like they have to make an opinion on it or a ruling or however that works, a verdict. Um, but you said a lot of these get settled outside of court. Do you think that's going to be the case here or is this going? I think it is likely it will settle outside of court. But again, that's not because I'm, you know, smart or have any kind of special information. Mm -hmm. It's just because that's how the vast majority of lawsuits do get resolved. Um, I, I think it's going to be, I think this one's going to be a little more difficult than the one we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't, um, how, how do you, how do you prove it? I, so when the complaint was filed, they did request a jury trial. Again, I don't think it'll ever get in front of a jury, but if it does end up in court, um, it is possible that it will be a jury hearing this. And how do you prove it? It's sort of how you prove anything. You have to introduce evidence. So mm -hmm. she would have to, you know, probably subpoena a bunch of documents and take people's depositions and thing, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. You know, we, we've got the OTB open in Stockton coming up, I believe, in May. And a lot of her claims turn on the OTB Open. For mm. example, she's asked the court, one, to let her play in the OTB Open in the FPO division. And number two, to not allow the PDGA or the Disc Golf Pro Tour to conduct business in California while they still have this policy that excludes her and other transgender women from playing in FPO. And so there is some time pressure. Um, but uh, I, I just like in in Gannon's case, I think we could all probably sit around and brainstorm how it gets resolved mm -hmm. without the court intervening. Um, it's essentially a financial dispute, really, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. in Gannon's case. Natalie's is not so easy. So I, I'm, I'm less optimistic for a quick resolution um, and very interested to see what the next step is. How... This is going, I, I love your opinions, by the way, sharing your insights with us. How, going back to that targeted, just because it's interesting, not whether or not we think she was targeted, that's not where I'm trying to go with this, is the conversation of, can somebody make a decision because they became aware of something because of somebody, and there's a difference with that as opposed to I'm doing this because we're trying to quote, target somebody. Like, there's a difference there, right? And that would be part of the, the argument. I think so. And, um, you know, again, one reason, one, one element of this that makes it so interesting is, you know, the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour are private um, entities and Thousand Rated Productions as well. They're all private entities. Um, and so to a certain degree, private entities have 
some flexibility and some latitude in how they choose to operate their business. Um, but what they can't do is they can't discriminate against people who fall within certain protected classes. Mm -hmm. And that's where this Civil Rights Act, this California Civil Rights Act comes into play. And, and I, I went into a little more detail in this on my, my video on our, on our YouTube channel, but um, it, it is apparent to me, at least in my reading and my interpretation of the California Civil Rights Act, that uh, her gender identity is a protected class. And so it will be interesting to see how those two sort of opposing views, one view being this is a private entity and it should be able to conduct its business how it wants. The other view being in the state of California, gender identity is a protected class and you can't discriminate it against it. And is this possibly discrimination? I think, you know, that's, that's a really fascinating mm -hmm. argument. And, mm -hmm. and I, I selfishly would love for this to not only go to a trial, but then get kicked up to an appeals court or something like that. I mean, it's conceivable. I don't, again, I don't think this is going to happen, but it's conceivable we may have sort of like the seminal legal case <laughs> on the role of transgender rights in professional sports, and it mm -hmm. may come out of disc golf. I don't think that's likely to happen, but it could. Can they it submit, could. in all seriousness, we talked about this with memes and stuff. Can they submit evidence from uh, Natalie's interview on our show, like things that we talked about and things that she said? Because th there were interesting things that she said back when we interviewed her that I thought, it doesn't seem quite like that's the case today, but it, it, like, anyways, you don't have to answer that, but I think it would be interesting as well. No, I'm curious yeah. about that. <laughs> if, 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 um, if, if she is making statements now and they're relevant to the case and they don't align with something she said on your show, hmm. then interesting. Sure, possibly. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, there's yeah maybe we'll share our opinions after we drop you but yeah i appreciate you sharing your insight no new update with the gannon burst stuff right like we're not hearing anything the only update i have is um i heard gannon make a statement on, on another platform that he expects this to be resolved in the next two to three weeks so that would align with my expectation of a quick settlement but other than that i haven't heard anything um i, I mean i think it's probably going to be a a financial settlement of some mm -hmm. type and it's probably going to be confidential would be my assumption and yeah um you know just in terms of his of him being distracted if he is i'm not saying he is but it just just avoiding distract distraction on tour i hope for his case he's right yeah, yeah. well we appreciate your time and i'll say it again yeah. uh we have it there with your name tag when it was on screen is at discgolf.law uh your youtube video i i watched it before we had you come on i I've, i'm a subscriber and i think everybody should um, I always joke about it. You get a lot more views than us, but we have more subscribers. I don't know why that is, yeah. but <laughs> we got to get more subscribers over there to you and you come over to us. Maybe we'll get the more views. So there you go. Well, li listen, guys, when Katrina sues that golf cart driver uh, this week, um, just go ahead and pencil me in for next Monday. <laughs> Sounds good. AB's got to sue the volunteer. Cat's got to sue the, uh, Paul's got to sue geese. I mean, oh we, we got, we got, uh, whatever we, we got happening all over the place. Yeah, my, my son, Matt, who works with me, texted me. Um, we were both watching coverage, and we were in separate places. He was like, Macbeth just hit a goose. Did you see that? <laughs> so it's, um, you know, we've got a lot of memories from this uh, from, from this tournament, and um, I'm sure we'll have new ones. we got mm -hmm. more tournaments on the way, a lot more. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Chris, thank you very much for your time. I find it uh, 
entertaining and beneficial that we've had you on back-to-back weeks now. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Best to you guys. Thanks. All right. Have a great evening. All right. So Chris Clark, two weeks in a row. We've never talked to him before. And now back-to-back is kind of a joke. We'll give him a fifth seat on the show um, at some point. If we can just have the legal guy in the back always ready to go. So yeah it's kind of nice in case we ever get into a bind at least we're making some connections here and there absolutely Uh, definitely curious i I think now with you know two big headlines with the gannon burr case and then uh natalie ryan suing the pdga and the disc golf pro tour and bringing it to the california um court system like chris was just talking about i think it's definitely interesting stuff that i'm genuinely very curious to see where it plays out in the next you know, I guess only a few months because if she's talking about it needs to be settled by the time OTB Open happens, that's happening in May out in California. I was curious when he had said, you know, she wants to play that event, but then the PDGA and the DGPT cannot do business out there. I'm like, okay, what does that mean for the OTB Open? Do well, they just lose all they can do business in that sense of the Disc Golf Pro Tour? No, my understanding, they can do business. It's a matter of this ruling the injunction and all that what what happens here in this first phase um if it's determined that yes that's what the pro tour the pdga and thousand rated productions are doing is discriminating then yes they wouldn't be able to but now if you go over and check out discgolf.law the video he talks more about this and he says he does not hope this happens and he's not projecting that it will happen but if they wanted to end this lawsuit altogether they could just wrap up the otb and open and in either cancel it and now they don't have a court case to be made because they're not doing business in california or they could move it to a different place now again i'm not even making the recommendation it is entertaining for the brain to think they could also just say no fpo division at the otb open and we will move the fpo division to another tournament outside of the state those things i'm not the attorney but they sound interesting to at least think about what could or could not happen um for or against natalie so yeah really quick before we bring in our next guest um thousand rated productions why are they involved in this and they are the uh, they're the event uh i don't want to say planner but the host um of the otb open it'd be kind of like maple hill if you will running mvp open or steve dodge like they would be the one that'd be included so gotcha all right uh yeah nick we're ready to go let's let's get them in here um welcome to the show Rick from On Your Card. You're going to have to tell us all about it. I think a lot of people probably know what you're doing, but a lot of people are pretty brand new to it, and we want to spread the word. So, Rick, welcome, and uh, tell us what you got going on. Uh, First off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, So Fantasy Disc Golf is basically what we're doing. Uh, What we're trying to do, though, is uh, incorporate the pros into our application. So one of the things that fantasy does is it allows you to get closer to the players and closer to the games. Uh, every year in NFL or NBA fantasy, there are those games between the teams that are way down the list. I'm not going to name any names. I don't want any hate, but you know, (laughs) the teams that finish down near the bottom, uh, and why else do you end up watching them unless you're a fan of them? It's because you have a wide receiver, because you have your point guard on there. So what we want to do is we want to have everybody play with everybody that's on tour, generate interest, because sometimes like take Simon, for example, just this week, he was up on a featured card. Then he had a, a bad fourth round. So you tend to not see that coverage go on. And one thing that we do is we allow you to play against the pros. We have some of the pros playing our game. 
And for a small $10 fee, you can play with them from each week through the end of the season. And a portion of that goes directly to the pros. So not only are you getting the entertainment value of playing the fantasy game with them, you're also helping to contribute on tour. We see all the time the van life, the struggles and everything. All right, let's help make their lives easier. We also think that if there is cash coming in and there is money coming in, how much better are some of these pros going to play? You take that off their shoulders. Now they can make that 25-foot putt. They make that 30-foot putt because they're not worried, oh, I got to break the cash line. They, they're interacting with their fans. We've seen some great interactions on Instagram of some trash talk calling out fans. Uh, and this is just our first week. The response that we've gotten has been amazing. Uh, we know fantasy disc golf is in its infancy, so we're trying to grow with it, trying to help it. We're not looking to make money off their name. We're looking to make money with them and grow the sport of fantasy disc golf. So tell us, how long has this been a project of yours, and what's your role with it specifically? <laughs> sure. So this was an idea of mine about a year and a half ago. Uh, and then one night I just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nerd out a little bit here. So I apologize. I made a PowerPoint it. presentation <laughs> and I said, who am I going to present this to? And I had two employees who I used to work with at a former job and my brother, who is an accountant, I was like, okay, so we have a financial guy. We have two tech guys and we have an idea guy. I think we have the makings of something here. So I had them over, we had some pizza, we had some beer, and then I gave my presentation. And by the end of it, they're like, let's do this. So we've been working on this for quite a while. We got it done just in time to launch for the beginning of the season. Uh, I heard you talking earlier about late nights and that's a young man's game. Uh, I'm 10 years older than you, so it's an even younger man's game for me. But we were up until about two o'clock last night because it was the close of the market, our first tournament, making sure everything was right. Everything went off without a hitch. Uh, our, our CFO Zachary is actually sending payments out to the pros for all the work they did last week. So they're, they're actually getting money in their accounts right now for all the fans coming to play on your card for them. Wow. You're going to, you're going to have to give us more information on this because I'm interested in, and I'm intrigued. And I think our listeners probably are the same. Um, so the pros are making money off of the fact that we are playing a game that is super engaging and fun to do, just like I've done with fantasy football or anything else. Um, like you said, it brings a new level of interest to the game and players that you never would have cared about before. So that's really, that's really awesome. Now, um, is, is it like a prize that these pros are winning or are they like getting to get a W, uh, what is it? Uh, a 1099 at the end of the year from you like how does that work is it a gift uh so th yeah this is this is fully ta taxed for them we're working out ways to get this through an affiliate program to try and make it a little bit easier on them mm -hmm. um and one thing that the players who play with the pros will get at the end of the year so uh matt and nick when you guys go out and play who generally wins oh no let's not do this now but uh <laughs> generally generally it's nick okay we got okay. that out of the way. So now, how great would it be if you got to pull out of your bag that said, I beat Nick Carl and throw that disc every week right in front of him? Yeah, so let's do it. Every pro, every pro that you play with, you'll, you'll have a chance to pre-order that disc. And if you finish higher than them in the league, you'll get to say, I beat and then insert the pro that you played with. If they beat you, 
it'll say I got beat by, and then the pro that's there. Sorry, I'm from Jersey. I talk with my hands a lot. I'll try and limit that. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's great. <laughs> so, um, and then in real small letters, it'll say on your card on there, but the pro will be featured in that. And then the pros also get a portion of the proceeds from those disc sales as well. So it's, it's multiple revenue streams for them for further interaction with the fans. And I just think it would be great. Like, Nick, you start a league, you get playing, you're out in an elite series. How cool would it be to have somebody come up with a Nick Carl beat me disc? And then that's the one that they're asking you to sign. A lot of people are going to have the disc saying, I beat Nick Carl, <laughs> more than likely. But, you know, as long as they're ordering it and helping support, you know, both parties, I'm totally down for it. Right. So, and that was, that was, oop, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, tell us more about how the game play works. Like, so sure. I, I download, is it an app or do I visit a website? Kind of walk me through what it would be like my first time. Sure. So you go to onyourcard.com, you fill out our sign in form, and we'll email you a link. One of the things that I hate is remember usernames, passwords, and then securities. We're going to email you a login link. You don't have to remember anything. You keep your email secure, your data is secure. You click the link, you log in. When you first log in for the first tournament of the season, you're given 10,000 in game dollars. Uh, we've taken the past three years of, of statistics for the Pro Tour, and we feel like we've priced everybody out fairly well. You have $10,000 to fill up your card. So a typical disc golf card is four players. You get four players to buy for us. So obviously you can't play with Ricky, Paul, Kat, and Paige. You, you, have to, you have to spread it out. Again, getting some of the players, the grinders that are out there, the players that are that pop off uh, Hebenheimer, Arlinghouse from just this past week, that pop off, getting them a little bit more exposure. So you purchase your players, and then the tournament unfolds. We... Because disc golf, uh, fantasy disc golf is so new, our scoring model is you get points based on how you finish. We spent many a sleepless nights working to balance FPO and MPO scoring. We don't want it weighted either way. Uh, because the field is smaller in FPO, the scaling will drop down. But the winner of each event, so in our game, Cat and Calvin, both scored the same amount of points this week. You can play with a mixed card. You're not limited to division. Uh, at the end of the week, so what we did last night is the markets adjust. So players' values go up and down based on the market, the number of buys, the number of sells, number of holds, overall interest in the player within our game, their prices can go up. So uh, one of the guys that I like to use is Robert Burridge in the playoff last year. His name got exploded, but he was probably a good value in our game had it been around last year. So you picked him up, you called that, you could have made money in game off of that and then spent that to upgrade other players within your card. Okay. So you make it, it this is um virtual money. Is that what we're talking correct. about? Okay. So you make, yes, you can, correct. you start to bank it. Is it over time you bank a lot or is it just per tournament? So it, it is an ongoing, we have new leagues that start each week. And then we, what we do is to make it competitive with the pros each week that it starts, you start with the same amount of money they have earned so far. So if a pro here, I can actually go ahead and look one up right now. Uh, Connor O'Reilly, he plays with us, and he actually turned his 10000 the first week to $10,883. Okay. So he made 883 You start playing with them now, you're going to start with 10883 Oh, okay. Each week, you start on a level playing field with every pro. Mm. So. Let's let's say week eight, you're doing horrible. Okay, another ten dollars. You start again. That now maybe <laughs> yes. now maybe you get the I beat and they beat me disc. Go ahead, buy both of them. You have them on both sides. 
I I like I, okay, so it's it's definitely interesting, and I I hope people go and check this out because I like it. Seems to me like if you buy now on a player who's not it didn't have their coming out party to the world of how good I am at disc golf, that you stick with them now, they're earning money, you're earning money. I like that. So someone else buying them three weeks down the road. Too, sorry, I got them three weeks ago. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I know some of the chat is talking about right now. I mean, realistically, we just finished our first week. Um, are they at a disadvantage going into the next week, which would be the Waco Annual Charity Open? You know, talk to us just in general about if someone's to sign up tonight looking at that tournament. You know, I know we were just talking about that the money goes up or down depending, um, but just talk to us a little bit about that. Right. So I'm sure the people that are asking are familiar with fantasy football or fantasy basketball, baseball, because once the season starts, typically you can't join. Some of the pro sports now are getting half league years. Um, but no, with our game, there is a new tournament that start a new league. Sorry, that starts with each tournament. The, the advantage to the pro here is they only manage one team, which is why we balance the the uh, wallet is what we're calling it, the finances within the game. We balance that. So each week you start, you always are on that level playing field with the pro. So if you join the new tournaments for Waco, you're going to start on a level playing field. Uh, the pros team in that league has zero points. So the points that they earned in the first week continue in that league. Again, you play from each tournament through the end of the year. So right now, I think, and maybe you guys can correct me, I think there's 24, 26 total tournaments. You're in the right Just number about. range, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. okay. So there are 24, 26 opportunities, and each one runs. So if you started the first week for $10, you're playing against that pro for 24 to 26 weeks. You start at Waco, you're playing with them for 23 to 25 weeks, however it is. No disadvantage for starting late. No disadvantage, no advantage gained by starting the week, uh, the first week of the season. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm ready to sign up tonight. Um, is there a league I'm looking for or a, like, what am I looking to sign up for? I know you said it's easy, but like, what am I trying to join right now? <laughs> well, so I'm typing, I'm um, typing. Uh, on your card.com. Yep. Uh, Nick and I were talking earlier and what we're going to do after this is we're going to create a league for you guys for the Nick and Matt show. We know you guys have tons of fans. We know you guys have a cult like following and that <laughs> chat, they're going to get to play against you guys. Oh boy. And instead of those proceeds going to the pros, those proceeds will come to you. So we're looking to not only do this for pros, but also personalities and also charities. So Disc golfers uh, are one of the most philanthropic groups. I can't tell you in the three yes. years that I've been playing now how many charity tournaments I've played in, how many mm -hmm. extra donations you see everybody make. I saw a guy in a tournament last year hit the ace pot. He took his entry fee back and then donated the rest back to the charity. So uh, we hope that, let's say, you work at an office where you have maybe two other disc golfers. But just like the Super Bowl, everybody gets in on a little bit. Well, encourage them to play fantasy disc golf. The proceeds will go to your favorite charity. Yeah. So Sarah Perfect. Holcomb just jumped in the chat. Uh, that's a player I'll be picking in my fantasy league. Shout out, Sarah. Thanks for joining the chat tonight. Um, yeah, we do have a cult like following, but I think the problem is going to be they might get enjoyment out of playing this uh, fantasy league, but they're also going to probably find more enjoyment even in beating Matt Graham of the Nick and Matt show. It's just going to be fun for them to just beat me. Like, it, 
People, well, I think, just want to beat me. Maybe physically, too, after each of these shows. I don't know, but but this is an opportunity for them. So, yeah, definitely, uh, get if you want, get that information out there. They're going to look for what? The Nick and Matt show on here? Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll create that league. It'll be uh, – okay. I'll, I'll connect with yep. Nick. We'll just get what the name you want to call it. They sign into our app, hit leagues, and then under pro leagues, they'll be able to find it, join, and compete right with you. Um, and speaking of Sarah, Sarah's actually on our game and uh, she sent out an Instagram post last week and we saw tremendous traffic to our site. Apparently people either really want to finish better than Sarah or they just want to play with her. They want that disc for Sarah to sign. So thank you, Sarah. Wow. So before, I mean, before the Nick and Macho ones, we'll just give a shout out to Sarah right now. She said, join my Hokamaniacs League. So anyone that is going on to onyourcard.com right now, check out the Hoka Maniacs. That is her league that she is personally in. Proceeds do help her out. Um, I think this is awesome. People getting into the sport and finding other ways to just support the pros and support supporting the community, supporting charities and stuff like that has been an awesome thing that has actually, I feel like, been happening a lot more recently than we've seen in the years past. So that's been a great thing. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you guys letting me come on, talk a little bit about this. And, and Matt, I think... One day you're, we're going to have to put your reverse seared stake against mine because uh, oh, I have boy. a nice little backup set up here uh, and we'll see who travels better. So we'll meet somewhere in New York. Man, all I can say is there should be a disc golf. Uh, I don't want to call it, I guess a cook off, a smoke off, whatever you want to call it, where Garrett Gurthy is involved and Chef can Andrew we do Zimmern. I mean, we we'll got do it people now. MVP Open. It? BBQ yeah. it in the house using yep. the chat here. In all seriousness, yep. we should make a travel event for that. So maybe the Northeast. I'll be a taster. Yeah, you'll be. Come up to Massachusetts. But we're gonna sell MVP. tickets. I'll taste. They're gonna be really expensive tickets, but uh, yeah. Well, if Nick's tasting, I'll know to make uh, a little lobster, put a little on top with a little butter, and then I know I have the win. It's true. I'm sold. No I'm hot sold. sauce. <laughs> no he hot just sauce. He's out. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can't judge. I'm too easily bought out. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, did we miss anything that's just really going to let people know what they're going to miss out on if they don't sign up for this? Uh, essentially what we've been seeing so far in talking with the pros and, and I have to say every conversation I've had, they've been welcoming. Um, we're, we're not, we're not people trying to come in and, and exploit anybody. We want to work with everybody. And, uh, I found disc golf during COVID and, uh, I took the entire family out. My wife and my son absolutely hated it. Uh, my daughter, however, her and I loved it. We went and played four or five times in the next week. And now we're researching uh, discs. We found uh, YouTube and we're mesmerized. Uh, she actually took third at NADGTs two years ago, under 18, and she was 15. So uh, it's, it's become... It, I'm privileged. Not many 16 year old daughters like to spend two hours in the woods with their father. So I love it. So I'm looking to take my experience. I've been working in fantasy sports and technology for about 25 years now. Oh, So let's, let's apply this to, to a sport that I love and the people have been fantastic. We're, we're always available for any questions. Awesome. Absolutely. Cool. We're really excited about what this year, uh, what this year holds for us. And, uh, uh, it, it's just a privilege to be able to to help grow this sport in any way that we can. Good. Very cool. Thank you so much for awesome. sharing that with us. I'm excited to uh, be beaten in this league. Although, you know what? My <laughs> picks this week were right on. Yeah. So I don't know if I can do that again. You would have been able to afford your top two and then some of the some of the lesser yeah. knowns who made it up onto the card. After round one, you could have had all four leaders. 
So if the lesser knowns, go. if we call them the lesser knowns, yeah. we used to on the Nick and Matt show call it the wild horse pick because at some point we were talking about dark horses and someone said wild horse and we said yeah we'll go with that but so on the nick and matt show the players that we don't they're outliers we call them the wild horse so so you get your your favorites in there and then you pick the wild horses so cool yeah well sai anade uh actually had a great week in our game uh with, with she had the ace if i'm not mistaken as well and she she made a a good profit we had people buy Kristen and ricky uh, they were like, I want to play with them. So they actually made money, even though they didn't play. So you can play the market to earn the money, but it's the points that determine where you finish. Okay. Very cool. Again, thank you so much for your time. We, we hit our time on the Nick and Matt show two hours. I think we had on yeah. five guests tonight, Nick, that in my understanding World is record. a record for the Nick and Matt show. And we're uh, really excited. We went off. Well, yeah, it went off pretty well. I think, Rick yeah. here, your audio is pretty good. But, Nick, you're slacking tonight. People are talking about the echo in the chat. So all I'll say yep. is, Nick, I don't know if there's any public news about to come out, but I think your situation's going to get better, and, and we'll look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it it, no matter what, we're going to constantly make improvements, and so we'll go from there. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, Rick, thank you very much for your time on the show and uh, looking forward to how this league unfolds for you. And I think everyone should go check it out. Sounds totally like a blast. And the season just kicked off. So awesome time to get in. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, guys. All right. Rick, thank you, Rick. Thanks. Appreciate have a great it. evening. Well, I guess I can be beaten now at virtual disc golf. <laughs> so and yeah, very cool. Very no cool. Kidding. Um, I didn't quite understand originally how it was unfolding, but Rick's taking his time to share with us on here. Now you're playing against the pros. So Sarah jumped in the chat. Um, I've seen other pros playing this on social media. You see, Hey, this is the players I'm picking. So you're going against them. So in this case, you will be going against the Nick and Matt shows pick. Um, Nick, I don't know how we'll do that. I mean, we could probably both be in the league, but maybe we can just do it. Like you do one week. I do the next kind of a thing. Yeah. Or every single week. I mean, we, we'll just we'll make a call right before the tournament starts right, and figure cool. out which which yeah. players we want to get. So, it'll just be another reason for us to talk. No, we'll just put intern that. Ben on it and yeah, pretend so, he's yeah. us. I, I, and if I um on the uh, fantasy, I won't need a I beat Nick Disc because I beat him in real life. <laughs> Maple Hill Whites, baby, negative five to negative four. Wow, intern Ben. Maple Hill Whites. Intern Ben. I, ben Ben loves to talk about what he's done in the past. You know, <laughs> I will say I played out of my mind. Didn't miss a putt, and Nick played pretty bad. But yeah. I still I still took it down against Nick, and I I, cried I made twenty I bucks that day though. Oh yeah, on my YouTube, he did. <laughs> yep. I did give him Ben's twenty YouTube. bucks. All right, so yep. Ben, you're three weeks out from the two weeks, yeah. two and a half weeks, like less than three. It's scary. Your babies do. No, the Northeast Disc Golf Expo, baby. <laughs> That's so cool. First it's Disc Golf be, Expo ever. Sorry. I, I kind of feel like in my head, I'm excited because of the, uh, I hope I hope it's very successful for you. But for me, it'll be successful just hanging out and chilling with people. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people that are into disc golf even more deep than we are. In one in, room. In one room. Exactly. So that's really cool to be hanging out there. And you're one of the celebrities there. <sighs> Man. You're on a panel. I didn't tell you this, but you're on a panel Are you with doing Robbie a panel? Overthrow, Are you doing a panel? Jesse and you. Like at some point, like, hey, half hour, 10, 15 yeah, minutes. No, yeah, no, yeah. It's panel. content creation panel. It's it's Overthrow, Ask Robbie questions, Q&A. Trash Panda and you. Q&A. Correct. 
They're just gonna have to put. I'll the have meat- to fly in for that one part <laughs> and then fly right back out. They're gonna they're gonna pass a piece of duct tape down the row of the panel and say, yeah. "Here, give this to Matt. Put it on his mouth." Yeah. March 18th and 19th, um, Boxborough Regency. I should mention that um, first disc of Expo. It's so, really cool. So. Uh, very cool. Um, in closing out. This has been a long day for a lot of reasons, but we're glad to bring this to you. Uh, They updated uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship format. Mm -hmm. That's going to need some more discussion. I'm going to have to probably try to remember to pull this out and talk about it next week because interesting, and I maybe I'll say I had some influence on this. I had kind of mentioned some of this to Jeff Spring last year, and I know Paul has talked about other players. What's the advantage to going down and playing uh, the championship, right? What's the advantage? They go, well, first round by, second round by, or whatever. And you're like, is that really an advantage? <laughs> like, you're not getting into the swing of competition. You come in kind of dry. Um, so now they're saying your advantage is strokes. So based off of how you finish going in, you're getting strokes. So we'll break that down a lot more. That's really interesting. Um, player of the year, PDGA numbers have changed. And I just want to make sure I don't miss anything as we get ready to close out. I think that's a lot of it. We've got a, another show lined up, obviously, for next week. I'm traveling the week after that, so it'll be the Nick, Evan, and Ben show. Mm-hmm. Um, although, make predictions, right? Actually, hold on. I got my flights. You said you might be able to jump in. Yeah, I made my flights really early, which is a sad thing to do, but I actually <laughs> did it with the mindset of could probably get to my hotel and join the show. So There you go. Fun, fun little story before we close out. It has nothing to do with disc golf, but some of you will enjoy it. You get to know us on the Nick and Matt show. Yes, I have four boys. One of them turned four years old today. The other turned 13 oh, it's yesterday. Today? It was today. Oh, I didn't know that. So happy birthday to my four-year-old again. But here's a funny story. So tonight, um, before the show, Amazon delivers a package to our house. And my son looks out and he's just like, hey, my uh my 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 nighttime birthday present showing up. And we're all, I'm like, what do you mean my nighttime birthday present? <laughs> so, so it's like, how does he even know or think that, right? Well, comes in and i'm like i should probably just take this and put it in my bedroom because my wife wasn't here at the moment she gets home she's like oh that package arrived and i'm like yeah she opens it up and it is it's gifts for him and but as she's walking down the hallway uh my third oldest is like mom please just tell me what's in there like just tell me what's in that package and he goes she's like no and she's he's like mom like i won't tell anyone and this is my third oldest (laughs) and my youngest who's turning for is walking behind him going mom i won't tell anyone either and i'm like but it's a gift for you dude like you can't see it like i mean he goes and i won't tell anyone either and i'm just like anyways I, this is the kind of stuff that's leading up to these shows and then i get to talk disc golf and uh honestly could do a better job but uh the audio stuff was a little bit of a a little bit of a struggle bus for my head tonight. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to focus. It's hard. But. Chat, bear with us. It's hard. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Look at no echo. We can hear every. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'll try to yeah. work on it. If you're a. The if echo's you're a, my bad. Yeah. If you're. A, <laughs> I'm just laughing because we had so many guests. There was bound to have people like that. But um, if you're a post audio listener, when this show wraps up, I go in and try to adjust every channel the best we can. It's a lot of work sometimes, but we'll get it out to you. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Um, I've got a shameless plug, actually. Do it. Um, So for everyone who is in Virginia or surrounding states, but most 
you know, prominent in the uh, Virginia Beach area, I am actually hosting a two disc challenge. So you're going to get two discs. It's going to be an ESP buzz and an ESP zone or a Z zone, whatever you decide to choose. And then you bring your own putter and we're going to play a course out in Bayville. I think that's the name of the course. Uh, my boys out in Virginia Beach are setting up a whole on event for it. It is $60 to play in the MPO division, $50 in the MA1 division, or the amateur division, which is just going to be one universal one. Um, there's going to be cash prizes for first, second, and third place in the pro division. And then there's going to be a clinic afterwards, but it's going to be a super fun time. If you check it out, it's actually on Disc Golf Scene. If you look up Nick Carl, you'll actually find this event out in the Virginia Beach area. And then I'm planning on running these actually a decent amount throughout the year. These are just ways to... Get involved with different disc golf communities that I don't normally get to get involved with. And then um, just being able to bring my plastic out into the world and people support it. It's super awesome, but it's going to be one round. It's going to be on a more birdie or die kind of course, a shorter one. Like I said, you get a buzzer or zone, you bring your own putter, and we're just going to have a great time, have a clinic, and then, I don't know, maybe get some pizza afterwards. So, mm. anyways, check it out in disc golf scene. Like I'm I said, for I'm going to be pizza. running them consistently throughout the, weird, uh, throughout the year. Throughout the so, weird. I love it. Um, yeah, exactly. Last closing thoughts. Eagle said he doesn't have a power forehand, which we can expect. We did see him throw one. He said he's 85%, as in like his health. So there's that. What did you think of those Google Earth shot markers? Did you see that during the live event? I did. Really quick before we talk about those, uh, it's April 22nd. Totally forgot to mention that, but it's happening April 22nd. Uh, The Google Earth kind of markers that were happening on screen, I thought were pretty cool. I didn't see them until I had actually showed up to my buddy's house to watch it. And I was like, oh, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's the new water on the course. And I was like, no way. And (laughs) it's a little, I don't mean this in any derogatory way, but on the like, janky a little bit but the tech is cool like it's like real-time live so like it's a win it's a win overall uh and it's amazing what we're doing for what we pay for so i'll give it all the credit it was really cool um all right well nick go ahead and close it out i think that's it we'll see you guys all next week don't forget to like comment subscribe thank you everyone for tuning in on this wonderful monday night we are going to fix any and all issues that we have and probably find new ones next week but we are going to do our best to keep bringing you guys the best possible show that we can so like comment subscribe on the show check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms tell someone you love them this week we'll catch you in the next one that's right ben you're awesome nick you're awesome evan you're awesome all of our guests are awesome peace out peace you gotta hit the out the nick and matt show a disc golf podcast designed for you the disc golfer find the nick and matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on youtube